0: Good afternoon, everyone. The Sacramento City Council will please come to order. Would the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum?
1: Thank you. Council Member Lallowy?
0: Here.
1: Councilmember Harris? Here. Council Member Valenzuela? Here. Councilmember Member Chenier? Here. Mayor Pro Gatta. Here. Council Member Jennings? Here. Council Member Vang? Here. And Mayor
0: Steinberg? Here. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, Councilmember Member Chenier? would you lead us in the... Uh, Pledge and the land acknowledgement, please.
2: Please rise. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Winton
3: peoples, and the people of
2: the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the Native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous peoples' histories, contribution, and lives. So let's, pledge, I pledge, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag
0: of the, the United States, States of America and, and to the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation under God, God, indivisible, God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, good afternoon uh, to everyone. Um, we've got a, a long day with some very important business, and then uh, at 5 o'clock, um, some well-deserved uh, thank yous to uh, our departing members. Members, uh, in looking at the agenda and, you know, taking the prerogative of the chair here, after we do the special presentations, we're going to have some people here for the special presentations. I want to reverse the order, if I might. I'd like to take... Item 24, the city-county uh, partnership agreement first under the discussion calendar, uh, and then the youth advisory measure, and third, we'll combine, as I know the staff is ready to combine, the, the two climate measures. So I'm sorry if that's an inconvenience to anybody, but um, that's the way I, I would prefer to go about our afternoon's business. Let us begin with the presentations, though. Uh, We begin with recognizing the Friends of East Sacramento and turn it over to Councilmember Harris for the presentation.
4: Thank you, Mayor. This is a very poignant day for me because I get to acknowledge two citizens who gave our city a huge gift, a gift of their attention and their labor over a period of 10 years to keep an an open an amenity, a very beloved and used amenity, the Clooney Center and the Rose Garden uh, in McKinley Park, that would have been shuttered uh, because of the Great Recession. As you know, many community centers were closed, just locked up tight. But we had a couple of citizens who stepped up and said, no, these these areas are too important to our community to let them shut down. we're recognizing Lisa Schmidt and Cecily Hastings, who literally have poured thousands of volunteer hours over the last decade mm-hmm. into keeping the, the Cluny Community Center open. As a person who lives in the area, I can tell you that I've valued having it open to a very high degree. Not only does it house a library, but they have served literally hundreds Thousands of people in many, many community organizations that would have had no spot to gather and recreate and uh, convene with each other had they not stepped in. It would have closed the library. It it would have made things a lot difficult for all of my constituents in East Sacramento. I also want to acknowledge Joe Payne, who was a tremendous volunteer who worked with Lisa on a day-to-day basis to keep the community center alive. Not only did they keep it open, they enhanced it. They raised private money and they poured it into the Clooney Community Center and made it the beautiful place that it is today. So rather than degrading, it's enhanced and it's been used for the entire decade. Uh, these, that kind of effort from the community really needs to be acknowledged. We, we rely a lot upon volunteerism here in the city of Sacramento. We rely on volunteers to help maintain our parks. We rely on volunteers to help do community and city cleanups. And, it, you know, we encourage that kind of participation in our city largely because we need it. Cecily and Lisa filled a need, a great need, and I am forever grateful to both of them. I will never forget what they've given back to the ESAC community, but understand that Clooney Community Center is used by people from the entire city. It's not just an ESAC amenity. And then there's the Rose Garden. What if the Rose Garden had just simply died as it was in 2012 when they took it over? Uh, we wouldn't have had 400 weddings that were possible as a result of their effort and the effort of about 400 volunteers who have pruned and cleaned and taken care of the Rose Garden. The fact of the matter is in 2012, we didn't have the ability as a city to maintain these amenities, but our community did. It is, it is just a tremendous gift and I'm very, very proud to present a resolution to these two wonderful citizens who have given back so much. So Mindy, I believe you have a little um, presentation to show.
1: We do. It will start the video.
4: Please.
5: The Art of Caring After the Great Recession of 2009, the city of Sacramento faced a shortage of funds. The city couldn't maintain the McKinley Rose Garden. The historic Clooney Community Center faced closure. Gratefully in 2012, the nonprofit Friends of East Sacramento stepped forward with a 10-year plan to restore and manage both facilities. The plan would focus on private funds. Led by Cecily Hastings and Lisa Schmidt, both unpaid volunteers, friends of ESAC raised more than a quarter million dollars from donors, large and small. In just six months, they replanted the entire 1200 McKinley Rosebush Public Garden, and they restored the historic clubhouse, which dates from 1935, all with an eye toward creating a beautiful historic community gathering place. By the fall of 2012, both facilities were open for rentals. Those rentals funded the garden and clubhouse for the next 10 years. The Rose Garden became the city's premier outdoor wedding spot. Costs were low enough to serve folks from lower income levels in a lovely safe setting. For the last decade, the Clooney Center hosted children's library programs, 12-step groups, faith-based organizations, parties and wedding receptions, and community meetings. In addition to their work in the garden and community center, Friends of East SAC extended their caring to other projects. They raised $35,000 to help rebuild the McKinley Playground in 2014. They planted seven mature trees in the park near the Shepherd Garden and Art Center in 2016. They secured a beautiful new sculpture by artist Roger Berry in 2021. And they maintained the Triangle Fountain and Garden at 48th and M Streets. Cecily and Lisa also held five neighborhood home tours to raise funds for the nonprofit. To accomplish their work in the garden, Friends of ESAC established and trained an army of dedicated volunteers to care for the roses. 10,000 volunteer hours were performed each year. As the Rose Garden matured and blossomed, Friends of ESAC designed an annual photography contest to document the beauty to share with the community. Over the decade, they have awarded more than 100 photographers. Friends of East Sacramento have shown their community the real meaning of stewardship and the art of caring.
6: This garden means a lot to us.
5: We got married here in
7: 1996, and we've been volunteering here for over a decade.
8: And Bill designed and built this beautiful gazebo that's the central focal point for events.
9: As manager of this beautiful garden, I recruit, I train, and oversee Hundreds of volunteers each year, creating thousands of hours of volunteer work in the garden. Their contribution is simply priceless.
4: The Friends of East Sacramento have given our city a tremendous gift with their volunteerism over the last decade. The restoration of the Clooney and the McKinley Rose Garden is absolutely priceless. Believe me, I will never forget them. that deserves a round of applause. You know, if it wasn't for you, uh, Lisa and Cecily, my daughter would not have grown up at the Clooney um, Library. She was there every week with an armful of books. And a lot of you saw my daughter up here in my office with a huge batch of books. She was a voracious reader. You know, you have touched a lot of lives. Over the years, you'll never know how many people's lives you have affected, but it's a lot. It's a tremendous number, people from all over the city and all income levels. You offered weddings to people who couldn't afford to other venues, which is a tremendous service. Honestly, I could gush all day long, but what I'm going to do is come down and give you both a resolution. Uh, but would you like to say a few words first?
3: Thank you, Jeff. We really appreciate your support over the last eight years. It's meant the world to us. And I guess you've probably heard and written what I've already, my feelings about our 10 years and what we went through. But what concerns me the most is that I look back at 10 years and what we were able to do with the city and leadership in the city at the time. We came up with this idea and the parks director at the time, Jim Combs, really suggested the idea, and we were able to, it wasn't easy, the city attorney didn't know what to do with us. We were presented leases that were completely ridiculous, but uh, we managed to get through that and something that we could sign and that we could more than honor for 10 years, um, which is a commitment we made. But I just worry now, I've seen how the city has changed and leadership and staffing, that it just, this wouldn't be possible anymore to do maybe you would have continued if we would have been willing to do it, but um, I just think as a a city, we need to, to look at how we can empower other people to take this kind of step and this kind of commitment to do things because it wasn't easy. We had to use a lot of fortitude, not only at the beginning, but also throughout the 10 years and even just in the last year when we've tried desperately to get the city to learn what we do and try to take over and continue what we're doing. And that also took a lot of fortitude because we had a lot of pushback from the city on that. I wish y'all well. It's a bigger job than any of you will ever understand. And uh, I I just pray for a future of that Rose Garden in particular because every moment of every day, it continues to grow and mature and it needs a lot of hands-on care. Thank you so much. Lisa. Thank you.
4: That's it.
10: That's it.
4: (laughs) Well that exemplifies Lisa. She doesn't say much but she worked every day at the Clooney. Uh, Lisa is a powerhouse and exemplifies volunteerism in the city. You're a dynamic woman and believe me I appreciate you more than you know.
8: It's not a big speaker.
0: I want to say thank you to you for uh, an absolute labor of love that had a tremendous, tremendous benefit to our city. And I know you have laid out your concerns, um, I, I, and that's appropriate. But um, we know the standard you've set, and it's our job in whatever way, uh, to try to live up to that, and that we will try to do, so I would assume you know see so you, you can either assume the, the 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 worst case scenario and the worst in people, or you can assume uh the best of people and the best of intentions and I hear you, and uh you've set a standard it was it was revealed in that beautiful in that beautiful presentation here so let us move forward.
11: Mayor, may, may, may yeah, I add to that?
0: Please.
11: Ms. Hastings and I have not had an opportunity to speak, but we are absolutely committed to continue the good work that you've started in partnership with Friends of ESAC. And in, in fact, uh, a staff member of yours, we're talking to as part of the volunteer group. So you and I will have a conversation. I think it was this week we're scheduled to meet. So we'll have a conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course, thank you.
1: And the good news is we both still live in the neighborhood and will be
0: watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Here we
12: go. Okay. Just uh, to add to that, I wanted to thank everything that you've done. And I heard that in today's climate that something like this is harder to a- a- accomplish. I would greatly appreciate if you reach out to my office. I represent District 2, and I would love to get some information from you on how we can turn some of these properties into this beautiful um, uh, amenity that you have created for your neighborhood. So grateful to you guys, and please reach out to me because I am always like to learn to see how we can turn dirt into something so beautiful that you use.
0: to hold very good secondly um we are still awaiting uh i'm sorry wendy a resolution which is is coming i want to take the opportunity to acknowledge and recognize the incredible public career of wendy saunders who's retiring after a a number of years as the executive director of the capital area development authority wendy come on up here will you I had the um, privilege of speaking at um, Wendy's uh, reception last week, appropriately, where she has always had her receptions, I've noticed, (laughs) at one of the R Street icons, the Fox and Goose. And that isn't coincidental, I don't think, uh, because when you look at the evolution, as I said last week, of our downtown and our central city, um, and think about the era where there was a maybe even a majority belief that downtown was to be office buildings where people came to work and maybe you fill in a little entertainment, but nobody's ever going to build housing downtown. And the idea of multiple foxes and gooses or great establishments along the R Street corridor, uh, which, that was a pipe dream. I remember the Crystal Ice debate back in 2000. Back in 1993 when I was a council member and many people are responsible for the change, but this leader, Wendy Saunders has been a consistent force for good and for positive change in our central city to imagine what a new and improved downtown could look like walkable, livable, entertainment, food, um, and employment. And your work at CADA, your work with the city's economic development department, even your work in the private sector has all come, you know, led to a 2022 where even with our challenges, you still look at the downtown and these special corridors and they say, I'm glad somebody believed. And um, we want to thank you really for a tremendous public service career that I'm sure, I don't know, but I bet you it's not over. That's my (laughs) prediction. There you go, Wendy. Thank you. I don't so much. want
13: to fail at retirement. Thank you. I just want to say it was a real honor earlier in my career to work for the city of Sacramento, which a job that I, I loved as your economic development director. And then of course, to spend the last nine and a half years at CADA, where I looked to the city as the founding, one of the founding partners for the joint powers agency and being a partner in development and, and delivery of affordable housing and also in the many beautification projects that we do. So I, I wanna say thank you for all of that. On behalf of CADA, thank you for being such a great uh, uh, founding member and a great partner. Personally, thank you all for working to make this place where me and my family live a better, a better and better all the time. And uh, also personally, thank you many of you for being my friends for all these years. I count, I count you and, and many of your staff among my, my, my besties and closest, so thank you so much.
0: Do you have other members that would like to uh, say a word here? Let me begin with Council Member Schneer.
2: Thank thank you, Mayor. Um, So we've known each other a long time. We We, we actually have a picture. My wife has a picture in her office of Wendy, my wife, and a number of other women with their little babies. So I think it was Britta (laughs) at the time.
13: Yeah.
2: Um, It was the Curtis Park Moms Club at that point. Um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, You are the epitome of of a wonderful and valuable public servant for all of these years and just bringing your thoughtfulness and your knowledge to the fore for the betterment of a community of our community. So I look forward to walks in the park with our dogs on leashes and uh, <laughs> and uh, just want to say congratulations Thank
0: and you,
4: hope to join you soon.
0: In a week. In a week. Uh Councilmember Harris
4: Wendy, what a, what a pleasure to know you, just, just to know you. You, you. You're really such an incredible person, but you have achieved an awful lot for the city of Sacramento. Um, you know, I, I think it's been said by the mayor and Jay, but, uh, you know, you're just really valuable
14: in a huge way. And
4: um, I really look forward to keeping our friendship alive, at, you know, in your retirement and, and it looks like in mine as well. So take care, and we'll see you soon.
13: After watching that presentation, I think I'm gonna be in the Rose Garden. So (laughs) as a volunteer.
4: Well, if you want to get married again, it's a good spot and it's cheap.
13: Just looking for an invitation. No. (laughs) 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 Thank you very much.
15: Mayor Pro Tem.
13: Thanks so much.
15: Thank you. I just I just personally wanted to say thank you, Wendy, and I got to know you when I first came on the council. And I, I one, I appreciate you you as your commitment as a public servant. Um, and uh, and the optimism that you always carried and every time while, you know you'd walk into the room you always had a glow and a smile, it, even as difficult the conversations sometimes we had uh, with Kata, but that that level of commitment to the public and thinking about the future, I personally wanted to say thank you for that on, on an important issue of not only housing economic development but creating opportunity for people. so congratulations on your retirement.
0: Thank you very much.
16: appreciate
15: it. Councilmember Jennings.
16: Thank you so much. Um, I just, I, I love how you walk into a room <laughs> and the difference you make every single time you do so. Your smile is contagious. Your personality is one that we all wish we had. And I just, on your retirement, I want to wish you the best. And I hope our paths will continue to cross here in the city of Sacramento. So good luck and so glad to have worked with you. Thank you for being an incredible public servant.
0: And Wendy, I will come out and present something to you. I'm sorry it's not ready oh, here Oh, it's okay.
10: <laughs> thank but you it, so much. But,
0: it, but, but it's the words
13: um. and
0: the videotape, I think, yeah. that you will have. Uh, uh,
13: I'm existing. honored and, and humbled. So thank you all so much. Come on up and
0: take a picture. Oh, come please. On. Yeah. Even without a formal resolution. here.
12: Put this here. And if All it goes right. that way, I got it. it comes here, with stuff. <laughs>
0: Let us next take up the consent calendar. <clears throat> Are there items that members would like to uh, take up separately and/or
15: discuss separately? Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'll just comment on item number four.
1: I believe Councilmember Laloy wants to pull item number four. Is that for a separate
0: vote?
12: Um, I, I like to pull um, item number four to come back to us, but I'm, I'm willing to, to continue. Yes.
0: Is that okay, Mayor Prouto to So the consent calendar motion that I would ask for would be approval, including the continuation of item four when we get to that. Okay. Are there any other items that members...
12: I appreciate that, uh, Council Member
0: very good. Is there public testimony on the consent calendar?
1: I have one hand raised in Zoom. Okay. Uh, Call-in user one. So, Mr. Davis.
17: And this is. Hello. Hello. Yes, Mayor. I, I hope I'm allowed to say this. Uh, Mrs. Cicely Hastings. I have to comment on her. She's a wonderful human being because she approached me, and my family about having our cheesecake business in her December edition of Inside Sacramento Magazine, which is out now, and our phone has been ringing off the hook ever since. She's a wonderful human being, and she's an example of of just humanity. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing she did, and I hope that people will go see go get her magazine inside sacramento magazine and she did a wonderful job on to the bay and back cheesecakes and thank you mrs Hastings.
1: thank you and our final speaker is m portundo 81.
14: uh yes hi uh it's it's a uh, Portuondo, but that's that's pretty good um uh yes uh so good good afternoon uh Mr. Mayor, members of the council, my name is Mark Portuando. Um, I'm I'm speaking on agenda item 11, the the SACOG funding, um, specifically the funding of the proposed Sacramento River Parkway. So I I think this will be on the agenda um, or for the consent calendar. I have concerns about the project. Um, Number one is that it seems like there's not an official plan yet. We've had, as a property owner, we've had two informational sessions with city staff back in July the vast majority of our questions couldn't be answered at that time. So uh, I'm very grateful for those sessions and I'm very thankful for the staff for attending and listening to all of our questions and concerns. I know they are not the most enjoyable, um, the meetings, not the staff and the people. Uh, But again, our questions and concerns weren't really addressed. I think just because it was so early in the planning process. Um, My main concern is about safety and privacy, especially since uh, a commander has told us Mm -hmm. that crime is going to be an issue with access and I want the council to be able to answer is applying for SACOG funding mean that the city will not be able to place access gates that lock between sunset and sunrise. I've been told by a park ranger that that's that we won't be able to do that. So I want the council to be able to answer this question that I've been repeatedly asking. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for your comments. Mary, I have no more speakers on the consent. Okay. Calendar.
0: Um, can we get a, a motion to approve the consent move calendar, consent, including, uh, Continuing item four.
12: Yeah. Yes, Mayor, I also have some questions regarding item number 16.
0: <laughs> well, why don't we take that, take that up before we vote? That was the idea. To...
12: I, I would like to get some additional explanation regarding um, item number 16, um, based on the, the contract that is, what you're gonna be reviewing today between the city and the county. Yes. Um, the, the $3 million for future audit risk um, sounds a little bit uh, excessive. So I was just wondering if I can get a little bit more uh, explanation on our, um, item number 16. Okay.
0: Uh, I have some idea, but you yeah. go ahead.
12: You, Mr. you know,
11: we have uh, Bridget Dean who's on the call along with Mario Lara who's in the audience here. Uh, what what specific questions did you have, um, council member?
12: Well, I you know, I think the $3 million for future audit risk, it sounds a little bit um, excessive.
0: I think this does tie into the next item, the, the, the partnership agreement, correct? It
11: does, but Mario?
6: Uh, this is funding for whole person care, and we're holding back the $3 million just because we haven't closed that out yet, and I don't know if... Lainey who can probably speak to
18: the audit risk. Uh, good afternoon, Mayor and Council Members, Laney Milson, Assistant City Manager. Um, the closure of whole person care, first of all, whole person care is something that is new to city government all in all and then we, the, this is the first time a program has closed. So we've not been through an audit period and so we want to be out of an abundance of caution, put aside a portion of our remaining funds to address that audit risk because we haven't been through the audit and we know from other IGT programs that they do indeed claw back we've had to pay back with the IGT that we do with the fire department for our EMS Reimbursements, so we don't want to have to find the money should we be audited We want the money to come from the program and we will release that back to this program as we go through the audit period and we can reduce our Potential risk,
12: so this is just a, a set aside just in case. Yes when will we find out? um the time of the audit. We
18: need to work through with the state and see what our um, uh, potential audit period is for. As soon as we close that out, we will return money to the program.
12: Okay, do you have an estimated timeline on this? Is it gonna be sometime next year, the year after that?
18: I cannot answer that today, but we will provide information as soon as that's available.
0: Great, I appreciate it. Hmm? Thank you. Mr. Mayor, I'm I'm fine. Your motion is to move the consent calendar, including continuing item four. Yes, sir. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Who who said second? Thank you, Councilmember Harris. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. The consent calendar passes. All right. Um, pursuant to my um, comments earlier about reorganizing the agenda, let us take up item twenty-four. And um, I'm gonna start with uh, some opening comments, turn it over to the city manager, and then we'll have Mr. Lara, our assistant city manager, make a formal presentation. Um, Members, um, this is a big deal. Um, It is a big deal for several reasons. It is the culmination of at least a half decade uh, or more effort, I know since I took this seat, to forge an actual partnership with the County of Sacramento around homelessness. And I have so many thank yous, but let me keep it relatively brief. And first of all, thank the city team. I wanna thank the members, not just the members of the four by two by two, sort of the, you know, group that was put together uh, during some rough storms um, around these sets of issues, but all the members um, who have worked so hard and diligently on these sets of issues over the course of the last uh, number of years in your districts and citywide. I want to thank the city management and the city manager uh, specifically and, and Mr. Lada and uh, Bridget Dean and Danielle Foster and uh, Nick Galling and the entire team, Ben, everybody uh, and the city attorney and her team, because together we have waded through some pretty thick brush here, <laughs> both politically and substantively to get to uh, today's agreement. I want to mm-hmm. thank my team and my staff. Um, you know, Mary Lynn been at my right hand on this, uh, and others who preceded uh, Mary Lynn in this role, um, it's been an all hands on deck effort. So aside from the effort and the fact that nothing is really that meaningful unless it comes with some struggle, and oh my, there has been struggle, this is a really important day because of the substance of the agreement itself. Because um, I don't wanna sell False goods to the people. Um, I, I and none of us do, right? Uh, an agreement that looks good on paper, but you know, uh, it really is going to take endless amount of subsequent negotiation to even get to a place where we are started. This is the opposite of that. And though Mr. Lotta yeah. is going to go through uh, all of the the details of it, I want to highlight two details because they're the things that I think are the most significant. A lot of reporting and proud of it about the number of additional beds and and some of the specific additions that our partners at the county are adding. But here are the two key pieces for me. Number one, we are committing to a joint city county outreach strategy into these tent encampments. I mean, sometimes these issues are so complicated that maybe we've lost some of the simple truths here. And one of them is people who are really sick and who are really Uh, having the worst of worst times who are chronically homeless are not going to walk out of these tent encampments on their own into a mental health clinic and say, here I am, help me. It's not the way it works. We've got to be out there in an intensive, consistent, humane way and actually engage them until the trust is built. uh, The trauma is relieved to some degree so that the individual is amenable to accepting the help that is offered. And this is not a pilot. It's going to take some months, but once we get to scale, 10 teams, 50 additional workers, 20 encampments every month of intensive, consistent outreach, and Every team will have a clinically trained mental health worker to be able to diagnose people with whatever underlying conditions on the streets themselves. Tangible, specific, and robust. And I know, you know, math is math, but what, 20 a month? We can get to hundreds over the course of a year, especially once we build up these teams. The second thing that I think is really important, and that is not the culmination of anything, but at least... The achievement is something that I know I have been loudly touting, not just here in Sacramento, but throughout the state. And that is the idea that people have a right to care, a right to shelter, a right to housing, and they also have an obligation to accept it when it's offered. Now it's not written exactly in this way, but let me tell you what it says. The county is obligating itself to do whatever it takes for the people who are diagnosed in the encampments, whatever it takes, and then it's more specific than that. It describes housing services, it describes mental health services, it describes substance abuse services, CalWORKS, CalFresh, as long as the individual minimally qualifies for county benefits. The county further is agreeing to, um, the county is further agreeing to add as many full-service partnerships under the Mental Health Services Act, that those are the highest level of wraparound services for people who meet the definition based on their diagnosis and the seriousness of their condition. That's a legal obligation. And so that is a profound breakthrough, all dependent on implementation, of course, which leads me to just a final set of thank yous before I turn it over to the city manager in the presentation. One, I want to thank, all of the stakeholders. I want to thank the activists and, you know, under any umbrella category, because there are different organizations and or groups, but people who work day in, day out to advocate for the homeless. The providers, I want to thank the business community, controversial as this has been. They played an important role here, too, to with all the pain to get us all uh, help get us all into this place. And I want to thank the county of Sacramento because as I said at the press conference last week, I believe they are stepping up big time and I want to acknowledge that. Now we have to hold each other accountable and certainly the community is going to hold us accountable. But this is a great step and they are um, willing to formalize and specify their commitment. And I think that's a good thing, more than a good thing. So I'm appreciative. I'm very excited about this, obviously. Turn it over to the city manager.
11: Thank you, Mayor. You'd think after six years, I'd learn not to go after him. (laughs) No, I'm gonna be uh, more precise in in my thank yous here for the staff that worked on this, along with the uh, members of the four by two by two. You know, as as the mayor uh, alluded to, we've been working on this for the better part of five years. It started as a two by two, and it's uh, grown into what it is today, and ultimately got us over the finish line here. But uh, cannot be uh, overstated how important this is. And, but also I want to thank my team, Mario, Bridget, uh, Nick, uh, you know, on the city attorney side, my partner always, Susanna uh, Akala-Wood and her team, you see Bo Parkhurst in here, Steve Adagaki, uh, you know, and then the, uh, my partners, our partners at the county, Ann Edwards, the county exec, Rich Desmond, Patrick Kennedy, uh, and on our team, Mayor Tem uh, Eric Guerra, Councilmember Chenier, uh, and Councilmember Harris. But you know, saving the best for last here with the mayor because we, we got this uh, to about, I would say nine, uh, to the 10-yard line, using a football analogy. We would not be here but for the efforts of the mayor to get us uh, across uh, You know, that, those 10 yards here. He has been uh, dogged in making sure that we have the level of specificity that Mario's gonna cover here in a bit and really be able to show tangible... Uh, outcomes here in short order, starting with these outreach encampments in the next, in the coming weeks with at least two teams here, they're gonna uh, go to some of the priority sites in the city. So mayor, thank you so much. I know that at times we were kind of struggling to, to make uh, our way through the brush, as you say, uh, but uh, I, I appreciate your efforts. I know this is something you've been working on. Thank
6: you. Thank you, Mr. City manager, Mario. Shilano. Thank you. Good afternoon, mayor and council. I am Mario Lara, Assistant City Manager, and it is my pleasure to present the item on behalf of the many individuals that were mentioned from both the city and the county who have worked tirelessly and diligently on this item for a long time. As you know, uh, the homeless in Sacramento has grown over the years despite significant efforts by the city and the county to address this problem. The majority of the unsheltered population live within the city. Therefore, the need for a better coordinated multi-jurisdictional approach that brings to bear more county services within the city's boundaries have been pursued for a long time. The partnership agreement before you this afternoon is a significant movement towards addressing homeless crisis in a much more coordinated manner. The agreement is a five-year term with annual reviews. It defines the roles and responsibilities of the city and the county It addresses provisions of the Emergency Shelter and Enforcement Act of 2022. It aligns with the Sacramento Local Homeless Action Plan and Coordinated Access System, and it includes provisions for progress reports every six months. The agreement improves and expands outreach capabilities as has been mentioned to unsheltered individuals. The county commits to funding 10 behavioral health workers as well as 15 homeless encampment workers through CalAIM and managed care plans to work alongside existing city teams to conduct intensive outreach and navigation to connect individuals to mental health services as well as shelters. The county also commits to expanding behavioral health services within the city by establishing a new core center and enrolling unsheltered individuals in full service partnership programs using the whatever it takes approach to provide individuals with substance use disorder treatment and other types of supports that they may need. Finally, the need to expand shelter beds is also addressed in this initial partnership agreement. The county commits to adding 200 beds within 12 months of execution of the agreement and 200 more within 36 months. If the the city provides a shovel-ready site, the county also commits to constructing and operating 200 additional beds within the city's jurisdiction. Both the city and the county commit to participate in coordinated access systems. Staff recommends that city council pass a motion authorizing the city manager or the city manager's designee to execute the partnership agreement with the county of Sacramento. This concludes the presentation, thank you. All right.
0: Thank you very, very much um, again for your good work. Let's hear from members of the public, then we'll turn it over to the council.
1: Thank you, Mayor. I have six people in chambers and it looks like six online. First is Jade Nicole and Lisa Bates, Aaron Johansson. Feel free to come and line up in the aisle. Jade Nicole, Lisa Bates, Aaron Johansson, Carlos Chavez, Jack Blattner, And Dr. Jonathan Porteus.
19: Hi.
20: Good evening, council. My name is Jade Nicole. I was here a couple months ago. And um, I am homeless again. This time I am in San Francisco. And I'm getting help that should have been given to me by this community. When I ran into the mayor a few months back and explained to him what I was going through, you offered me a job and housing, when I followed up with your office, a gentleman answered and he was very rude. For three months, I tried navigating resources. Everywhere I was gatekept, and I was blocked. I was sleeping in my car in San Francisco, working five days a week to pay bills in a community that I don't belong in. And before the pandemic, I had a lot of privileges. I was a local entrepreneur building m- media companies. I started a nonprofit called Help Fight Poverty to help women in my situation. And I end up homeless after losing my partner in the pandemic and I can't even get help from my community. Imagine what women are going through that are on the streets that don't have the privileges that I had. I put myself through financial literacy classes. I hired somebody to repair my credit. I've been working on getting my businesses back up and running. I go to San Francisco, my car is towed. It was gonna be $800 to get it out. San Francisco PD and the parking department, everybody came together to help me. They paid to get my car out. I'm staying in a hostel. The parking department connected me with a case manager to get me into housing. And I couldn't even get that help in Sacramento. So to say that everybody that's homeless has a mental health crisis? No. We have a problem with systemic oppression in this community and only a certain level of women being able to break through while the rest of us are excluded. Thank you for your comments. The your eight time years is I was complete. in downtown, I was never Thank paid for, for, for my work. I should not be in this situation.
1: with you your comments. This your time is complete. We need to need. move to the next person. Lisa
10: Bates, then Erin Johansson. Good afternoon, Lisa Bates, CEO of Sacramento Steps Forward, your lead agency for the Homeless Continuum of Care here in Sacramento. We're here today to support the formal partnership agreement. There's really nothing more important to our regional success in addressing homelessness than clear, well-defined roadmaps that articulate the roles, responsibilities, and resources needed at scale to tackle the multifaceted societal issue of homelessness. We appreciate the focus and the intention by the four by two by two, the city management team, the the county executive team, uh, to be able to bring this forth today. Working together and collaboration is often a term we throw around, but this agreement begins to codify, as the mayor said, the collaboration in a clear, unambiguous, and in concrete terms. It clearly defines the roles and responsibilities and standards for staffing and services, And it's built within it uh, what is needed to stay on point, accountability and transparency for the work that's to come. We appreciate the city and the county pointing to and lifting up the necessary and hard system level efforts also required coordinated outreach, coordinated access that you all have funded earlier this year, a comprehensive housing strategy that is still needed. and and the longer term homelessness action plan, which I would argue is your framework for the regional plan that many advocates are advocating to you with right now. These are the steps we as a community need to take to build a truly systemic scaled approach to resolve homelessness and be able to make the path to resolving homelessness that much easier and more straightforward um, and not have the experiences that the previous speaker just spoke about. We'll continue to work with the city and county on actionable next steps through the Local Homeless Next Action Plan, and we support you uh, with the continued uh, COC planning forums, the policy council that has been stood up this year, and real-time data to help you evaluate your our collective progress. Thank we you look- for your comments. Your time is complete. Thank you. Our next speaker is Erin Johansson.
21: Good afternoon. Um, I'm my name is Erin Johansson. I'm the CEO of hope cooperative one of the partners of the city and the county um, as a provider and I'm also the chair of the continuum of care board and I want to echo the mayor's comments. This is a big deal. This is a big deal that is I think, a decade in the making, and I'm so grateful to all of you for the hard work that it took for you to get here. I think this was an evolution that has happened because of the Local Homelessness Action Plan, the commitment to coordinated access by both of you with both your your money and your resources. We cannot do this without that coming together and commitment to um, really supporting those systemic efforts that, that are contained within this plan. Um, I have been on the continuum of care board for eight years the the provider community has seen this this need for eight years um the the other commitment that i'm really excited to see in the in the plan is the commitment to affordable housing that many that you have all supported as well um with your uh commitment to the 35 million dollars that you are supporting home uh, affordable housing we can't have one without the other we need a flow through system and it really feels like you're all operating on all cylinders now, and I really am grateful for that, and thank you, and I really encourage you all to vote to accept this agreement and move it forward. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for your comments. Carlos Chavez.
22: Mayor Steinberg and Council, good afternoon. My name is Carlos Chavez. I'm the VP of Public Policy for Region Business. On our behalf of our membership, I'm here to testify in favor of the Measure O Partnership Agreement. Which one will make Measure O, which was approved by the voters, active, and to establish a groundbreaking partnership with the County on Services for the Homeless as its core for Measure O's partnership and agreement is a major financial commitment from the County to help Sacramento City implement Measure O fully. I want to thank Mayor Steinberg, Councilmember Guerra, Councilmember Schneier, and Councilmember Harris for working with Region Business, the Metro Chamber, and County Supervisors Desmond and Kennedy to create this groundbreaking plan. I also want to thank Councilmember Loli hope for helping us to kick off the 4 by 2 by 2 committee which established a collaborative relationship between the city and county to create this amazing plan you have demonstrated incredible leadership as taken to work with the business community and the county to get real tangible results today that we ask you to approve measure O's partnership agreement unanimously this agreement isn't about words or promises it's about a comprehensive plan to address the homelessness by establishing qualified teams who can come in and help those in need When we started our campaign for homelessness, our vision was safe and clean streets. Now with the adopted of Measure O and the Measure O Partnership Agreement, we can reach that goal while providing core mental and behavioral health services to the homeless. We want them to succeed. We want their lives to be better. We want Sacramento to be safe, clean, and inviting place to live, work, and play. Please vote yes, and thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Jack Blatner, then Jonathan Porteous.
23: Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Mayor and Council. This is Jack Blattner with the Sacramento Metro Chamber uh, representing over 600 member businesses in the Six County region. Um, I agree with everything Carlos just said. Uh, the Metro chamber is very pleased to see this vote taking place today. Uh, we know that reaching this partnership agreement with the county was complex and difficult and we'd like to thank the four by two by two committee staff and the council, for putting the necessary time and effort in to reach this consensus. Uh, This agreement as written is extremely promising and if implemented well, it should bring services that can help bring an end to the homelessness crisis in the city, the county, and hopefully even the region. The Metro Chamber stands ready to assist wherever we can be most helpful and we look forward to the transparent check-ins on how the partnership agreement is implemented. Today is only the first step towards necessary progress but this agreement is a good step and a necessary step. So today we would like to thank you all for a job well started. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Jonathan Porteous, then Carrie Miskit.
24: Good afternoon. I'm here to support your action today. I'm Jonathan Porteous. I'm the CEO of WellSpace Health. We serve over 130,000 people who are the least fortunate residents of our region. Um, and we serve the majority of the people who are unsheltered with comprehensive care. Um, I've often, you've heard me say that we're often in the community of the children of divorce. When the two parents are not talking to each other, it's really hard to have a plan. And it's really hard for the kids to figure out who to identify with. You have come together in a way that really is really reassuring. Um, We've been through a pandemic. We've been through this unprecedented increase in the number of our unsheltered Sacramentans, and so this is the time, and I really appreciate it. You're turning the runway lights back on, and uh, we're gonna be taking off with a lot of strategies, many of which I think are well-defined uh, in your words and also in the, in the action plan that Steps Forward has put forward. Um, I, I know each of you share this mission. I've spoken with each of you, and each of you has your own personal passion. Each of you has also gone out in a politically hostile climate to, to try and uh, represent the needs of the least fortunate, some of you in, in a in very extreme uh, political climate, and put yourself on the line. So thank you. Um, so thanks for your vision. I, I really can't help but just say thanks also to SAC Steps Forward for their role in, um, in supporting this as well. So thanks so much. Thank you.
1: Our next speaker is Carrie Miskit. then Lambert Davis.
8: Good afternoon, my name is Carrie Misket. I'm the Chief of Communications at Visit Sacramento and I'm calling today on behalf of Sacramento's hospitality industry. Visit Sacramento applauds the collaborative commitment of the city and the county in working together to address the unhoused crisis here in Sacramento. In order for this collaboration to be successful, there is a clear need for increased services, outreach, shelter, and permanent housing to ensure people are being met where they are through a holistic approach. The agreement between city and county leadership is a bold step towards improving the lives of all Sacramentans. And we are grateful for the ongoing work by both the city and the county to outline roles, responsibilities, and provisions of accountability. Visit Sacramento looks forward to the implementation of the agreement before you today. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Lambert Davis, then Emily Bay Michaels.
17: Hello, yes, this is uh a shout-out to Mayor Steinberg. This is an example of true leadership. Another word would be acumen, the ability to to take a very difficult situation where you need to work together and brokered it to where it is today. So uh, not only is he well-respected in Del Paso Heights, not for his words, but for his deeds. I've seen him many times in very difficult situations, and he would be able to bring sides together and reach a common ground. For those of you who aren't aware, Sacramento is the capital of the golden state. And if Germany slips economy-wise next year, California will be considered the fourth largest economy in the world. So shout out to you, Mayor. I hope you make it the state title game and uh you deserve the best thank you thank
1: you for your comments emily bay michaels then michael alt
9: good afternoon mayor council members and city manager this is emily bay michaels executive director of the midtown association i'm calling to express Midtown's support of this agreement I'd like to sincerely thank you all. It has been a very challenging process. We understand to see our region fall to the level of homelessness we're suffering from currently and to begin to navigate our way out all under the dress of a pandemic. And you've all exhibited exceptional leadership and dedication to a very trying and challenging subject matter. It's clear that a coordinated and comprehensive approach to addressing homelessness in our region is desperately needed. This must include a plan that ensures the accountability of every agency and serving our most vulnerable populations. This binding partnership agreement is a great step in developing that system and something that the Midtown Association has been calling for, starting our, with our discussions in the adoption of the comprehensive siting plan to most recently our support to put measure o on the ballot. I wanna call out a few fundamental items in the agreement that we believe are foundational to the long-term success. The first is a collaboration protocol by establishing clear standards that each agency is bound to in the agreement begins to address the accountability needed. The outreach and engagement teams, Midtown Association has seen some great preliminary success in working directly with the Department of Community Response and Hope Cooperative in providing outreach to the district the past six months, connecting over 20 individuals so far into shelter and services. This increased support in partnership with the County of Sacramento. um, We are certain that's gonna increase the effectiveness of this partnership. Finally, the shelter capacity and permanent affordable housing by mandating that at least another 200 shelter beds be identified and delivered in the next 12 months paired with a focus effort to deliver more affordable housing will keep this pipeline open and moving. This agreement is in no way at the end, but it's certainly the beginning of the next phase and we urge you to offer your support. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Michael Alt, then Robert Copeland.
7: Good afternoon, Mayor, members of city council, city manager, and city staff, uh, Michael Alt-Colin on behalf of the Downtown Sacramento Partnership and the 66 square blocks we represent in the urban core. Uh, the Downtown Partnership applauds the collaborative commitment by the city and county in putting forth a coordinated strategy to address the unhoused crisis. We live it every day. We understand the importance of it. Critical to this strategy is the need for increased services that include outreach teams shelter capacity and permanent housing to ensure individuals are being met through a holistic and person-centered approach. As part of the Central Business District, the Downtown Partnership recognizes the importance of a service center in the Central Business District and supports the joint effort to open and maintain a core wellness center that can provide integrated services and resources to those within the heart of our city. This agreement between the city and county leadership is a bold step towards improving the lives of every Sacramentan, and we appreciate the work put forward to outline the roles, responsibilities, the provisions and accountability. The Downtown Partnership stands ready to work in concert with the city and county and looks forward to the implementation of the agreement before you today. Genuinely, on behalf of our organization, thank you for the leadership and support and we look forward to working with you and thank you for the opportunity to comment today.
1: Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Robert Copeland, and Richard Wake.
25: I have a question for Mayor Steinberg and the rest of the city council. Why didn't you do this years ago when Mayor Steinberg had that joint meeting with the county board of supervisors that I attended and nothing happened? Where's the housing? There is no housing for the homeless population. Uh, my mayor- A lot of my allies are at the County Board of Supervisors and they're speaking to same issue right now. Mayor Stomberg's no leader. And we should have waited until the new three city council members took office before we voted on this issue. And uh, my last comment is homeless sweeps are not going to gain trust of the homeless population. And if you think differently to anybody on city council, I've got news for you, it ain't working. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, final speaker is Richard Wake.
26: <clears throat> yeah, good afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me, good afternoon, Richard Wake, city council district seven. Um, you know, one of the things that really concerns me about this is tomorrow the County of Sacramento is poised to perhaps authorize $250 million for an expansion of the county jail that isn't even needed. A lot of the people that are in the Sacramento County Jail right now are actually unhoused people. that can't afford to pay the fines that the, dis- that the outgoing district attorney that most of you endorsed, Anne Marie Schubert, decided to throw into jail instead of prosecuting bad cops. Um, Also, there are people that have been charged with nonviolent misdemeanors that can't afford to pay the bail that are in there. We could significantly reduce the population of the county jail. And really, this $250 million expansion isn't really needed. The county could be spending far more money on sheltering people and providing more services. Secondly, The majority of you don't seem to really care very much about what the incoming city council members think that are going to be sworn in next week. You know, you guys certainly do have the right to vote on this. And my guess is an educated guess. It's probably going to pass. But you certainly aren't fostering good relationships binding the new three city council members. And I guess including council member Jennings, who will be sworn into his new term binding them to something that may not be working later on down the line because of budget cuts that are definitely going to be needed because of the downturn of revenue this is a completely irresponsible thing And you know like i said this is probably going to pass but you know the county isn't really poning up all that much when they could be potentially spending 250 million dollars on expanding the county jail that isn't needed thank you
12: thank
1: you for your comments mayor i have no more speakers on this item
0: all right, thank you so much. Let's now turn it over to members of the City Council. Mayor Pro Tem Councilmember Harris, Councilmember Chenier, up so far.
15: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, yeah, first, of all, I'll uh, proudly move the item. And uh, to start to say thank you, uh, Mayor, for your, uh, your knowledge, your work, and your dedication in this. Um, I do want to also thank um, my colleagues here who, uh, you know, wh- that it took us a little bit of turbulence to get to this point. But to create a, a relationship that uh, from our last meeting um, has shown uh, just tremendous opportunity to be able to accomplish more together. Uh, thank you, Councilmember Lalowe and Councilmember Harris and, and Chenier, Um, You know, when we sat down with our county partners and, and had a frank conversation about uh, the, that, we are stronger together and that uh, making sure that we move away from. Uh, whatever was, uh, you know, under the, uh, you know le- letting everything else be water under the bridge, as they say. Uh, but focusing on that, that our strength um, and working together and how- providing clarity uh, to our staff, pl- providing clarity to our community partners um, so that we can maximize every uh, tool that we have and every, uh, and every limited dollar that we have to make an achievement. Uh, the co- these conversations that led to this agreement about coordinated out- out- outreach, coordinated access, coordinated enforcement, coordinated communication, and most importantly, um, joint accountability to making a progress move forward. Yeah. And, um, and even in this document here, it doesn't, it, it doesn't say that the city will produce an outcome and show the reports or that the county's gonna do one. We're gonna also agree upon how we uh, convey the, uh, the outcomes and where we're lacking or where we need to grow to making sure that we are making positive steps forward to make a change to help those who need services, who need help, and also to making sure that we uh, provide a uh, safe and clean community. Uh, I'm excited about this because what it has done is it's turned the page in our joint staff's ability to accomplish uh, the work. Uh, I, I want to thank um, you know our city attorney um, and her team uh, for um, their very blunt um, uh, engagement in making sure that uh, when we were putting stuff um, on or propo- proposing something, that it wasn't uh, just lip service, that it actually had enforceability, that, we, that, they, that her team, her and her team pushed us to say, be clear about what you want, because if it is going to be a legally binding agreement that's going to move on outcomes, um, that we write it in a way, and her, and her and her counterpart on the county council helped us get to that point. Even uh, before this re- agreement was reached, uh, I wanna thank Mario Lara and, uh, and their team for looking at uh, creativity and thinking outside the box on how we can develop an outreach team and programs so that they are with uh, licensed clinicians, they're with peer counselors, that we're with housing support uh, specialists who know, who can understand all the, the multiple of, of, uh, of needs or, or of availability of, of housing options that there are out there so that they can address people's need at that point in time. That took innovation in the development of this. So as we were developing this, uh, again, I just, and again, I wanna thank again, the the folks at the county, all of them are the staff and the county supervisors, because it reminded us that if we don't find a clear path to move forward, to to recognize that we do have limited dollars and that everyone has a strength in this, um, a, a different strength that can be better utilized, a different tool that can be better utilized, um, that uh, we'll never see any real progress. So uh, uh, the last piece I'll say is, you know, the, this full service partnership approach to do whatever it takes. I mean, the the fact that when we can sign people up into the FSP, that money can be used to pay for housing and rent is a huge thing. And we were leaving money on the table by not having the staff and the teams to sign people up. That is a That is a significant move now, and so, We should, uh, 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 one, we should uh, not uh, rest on our laurels because this is just, again, a starting point. It's a path that provides clarity for our staff, regardless of who's sitting on the dais here or or on the county dais as well, that it provides a a path for us to be able to do. And when there are challenges, because there will be challenges with anything, it provides a clear dispute resolution process so we can improve ourselves uh, and hold ourselves accountable. I think at the end of the day, the, the, today's celebration uh, isn't, today is not a day of celebration, it's a day of acknowledgement of moving forward. Uh, the only um, level of, of, of accomplishment will be in the few months when we actually get to work and see some impact and see some change in folks. Then there will be a time to celebrate when we have people who are housed, when we have uh, an impact on our, our streets, and to recognize that today is a good step forward for us working together. So with that, Mr. Mayor, uh, p- uh, proud to move the item and thank you for everyone who took weeks to get to this very clear and uh, um, uh, finite point of how to move forward.
0: Harris.
4: Thank you, Mayor. I'd be happy to second the item. This, this really is a big deal. It uh, is something very new and something that has been indicated already that has been needed for years. Um, I really like Jonathan Porteous's analogies about the providers being the children of a divorce and then this, this agreement turning the runway lights on. One is because I'm a child of divorce, so I get that, and I'm also a pilot, and I get that piece too. This really does both things. Uniting the city and the county has been a very problematic thing over the last two decades, and we finally cracked that nut, and I think that we were able to do that largely because of push from the community, but also because of a very strong relationship between our city manager and our county executive. There have been roadblocks in the past that were insurmountable, but Howard, you working with Ann was essential to making this thing get across the finish line. Uh, Many people have been called out uh, thus far. I'd like to mention a couple more. First, this is a legally binding agreement, and it wouldn't be legally binding without lawyers. So I want to thank Steve Idagaki and Bo Parkhurst and Susanna again, but also Lisa Travis on the county council side. And uh, also mentioned Siobhan Katari, who has been instrumental in forging the uh, specifics of this agreement. Uh, And the mayor and she worked together quite a bit on that. And um, it's those specifics that make this agreement so powerful. It... um, you know we ha- we have tools now that we didn't have before. We have coordinated access system and we have the crib, the crisis receiving behavioral health center started by Wellspace. Those two tools actually cracked open the door in collaboration with the county because we co-funded the Shore Center, now the Crib, and also coordinated access. So that opened the door a crack, but this this agreement which was partially forced by, you know, the community will through Measure O, uh, makes me feel hopeful for the first time in quite a while in dealing with the homeless conundrum. The city made a lot of inroads dealing with the homeless problem. We house thousands of people. We could never really get on top of the population on our own. With the county, we have hope that maybe we can get there. It's a, it's a really important piece of the puzzle. You know, Since the, the beginning of the pandemic, we started losing the battle with the homelessness. Too many people were falling into homelessness for us to be able to handle as a city. But certainly in collaboration with the county, uh, we have a chance to make significant inroads. As the mayor said, this isn't going to clean up our streets immediately. And there are other aspects of the homelessness conundrum that still need attention. It's my belief that we need another tool, which is enforcement where it's required and very necessary to maintain uh, security and, and, and basically just hygiene for everybody in the city, but specifically for our house population as well. If we take all of these in balance, if we use all of these tools, I believe that we will move forward and we will house more people more effectively because as we've all acknowledged many times, this is a behavioral health crisis and a drug abuse crisis. That's that's a lion's share of homelessness, but there are many other pieces that can be handled more easily, like the people who are situationally homeless, who a helping hand at the right moment will solve their issues. This kind of targeted outreach is going to make us much more effective at meeting people's needs on the street and having the data on each people and all of our providers sharing that is going to be very powerful. So I, um, I'm really looking forward to voting yes on this. I think it's it's uh, the most hopeful thing I've seen in the homelessness work for quite a while. Thank you, Mayor.
0: Councilmember
4: Chenier. Thank you, Mayor. Um,
2: I, I agree with pretty much everything my colleagues have said here and uh, I actually wanted to congratulate Jonathan Porteous on the use of metaphors and what he spoke in his two minutes. I thought he packed them in there, so good job. Um, You know, this was was a collaborative and collective effort, right, at the end of the day. Um, You know, I I had the chance, and I've been on the 2 by 2 since it was Steve Hansen and myself way back when, Um, but I want to. I want to pile on just a little bit which i think i usually don't do but i think it's so important Uh, there's not an issue more important than what we're talking about now to the future of the city the threats that homelessness provides both financially economically and and morally for the city is something we've talked about for a long time um but but our city manager and our city attorney particularly who stood up and, and defended the city and defended every word in that agreement um, frankly i 've never seen her like that before in some of the the discussions that we had um, good way to use your temper um, but um, so important um, because th- this is such a critically uh, important document that we have with the with the county. I want to say thank you to rich Desmond and and Patrick Kennedy for bringing the county along there. Um, we all had the same goals. We all wanted to get to the same place. It was really about how we do it and who does what. So I, I think it's important. <clears throat> and and on that instance, we wouldn't be here without the mayor. There's just no question about it. Uh, without his knowledge of the subject and his perseverance, getting us at last, I think it was more than 10 yards on it. But being able to really figure out how we do it, mm-hmm. I think the, the team's piece was something that, he started that discussion on, and, and to me is the most important thing about this document and the outreach that we do with the county. So I wanna say thank you for that. The only thing that I would add is, you know, while this is a legal document, absolutely, it's also not the last word. Um, we will learn as we go. This will require tweaks, I think, and uh, and I think there was a recognition of that from everybody sitting in the room of, we, and that's why the six-month updates, so that we know how we're doing, that we can make, ad, or you all can make adjustments as you go, as as you see fit and the need arises. That's going to be so important because we don't know that we're 100% right here. We know that there are going to be challenges. There's no question about it. The problem and the challenge is probably as large as anything we faced, I would say, including COVID in some ways, uh, in many ways, and including some of the the challenges that we had um, on race and equity. Um, But this is something that we have to deal with as a city and we have to solve. And so I I think it's important that people know this is not the be-all and end-all. It's it's critically important, but it will get improved and adjusted as needed uh, along the way. So I just want to add my thanks to all those who participated in this um, in the county, and I look forward to voting yes on it.
27: Thank you, Mayor, um, I will have some questions as someone who was not a part of this 4x2, but I do want to start by recognizing what I see is the monumentous achievement in this, um, because we are codifying a lot that was already happening, but this commitment to significantly more outreach and that whatever it takes language, I mean, it's gonna take us a while to work on the shelter and housing, but this will do so much to triage the immediate needs of people who are living on the street today and really reducing that burden that we're all feeling as we're experiencing when we watch our neighbors on the street and suffering. That is really momentous and I do hope and I wanna specifically acknowledge the language around the potential for a shovel birdie site in the city Um, because uh, we worked long and hard on that downtown service hub and we were all disappointed when it it didn't move forward. And so I hope that with this language, um, we might revisit that idea, we might revisit similar sites within the city that we haven't had the funding to pursue on our own because goodness knows we have a lot of opportunity um, if we um, had that partnership and I'm excited to see that language specifically in this. I will say that moving forward, I do hope when it comes to who is on the table, that um, no, no snide to my friends here, but um, I hope it's not just the elected men at the table as we move forward, that maybe we can get some of us new women and um, younger women in on this table as we move forward. I also think that the um, public health and the direct service providers, and particularly those with lived experience, and what does that mechanism look like for us to be getting their input and buy-in because there is still so much work to do, and, and how do we create a table so those folks can provide more input in between landmark moments like the one we're experiencing here today so that is one call that I have and I will say that you know what I've gotten a lot of calls and emails is about the scale they're like well 200 beds that's that's not anything you know that's not that's not enough we need more and I think I want to acknowledge that I don't think anybody on this dais or in the dais down the street is not cognizant that we need significantly more um, I'm really hoping that that six-month update in the near future one of them will outline a little bit in terms of timeline of what we think in terms of scale or at least what we think we're gonna to need to do to start identifying terms of scale um, because I know that is that is the crux here. You know, not much will change in the near term in terms of people seeing encampments on the street um, until we can start tackling some of that shelter and housing capacity question. So um, I do have a couple of questions. Um, So as has been covered and as is written in this, this is going to trigger implementation of Measure O. So um, City Manager, I'm hoping you could explain a little bit the process moving forward for the city. Um, You know, Measure O was pretty specific about requiring us to identify additional shelter capacity and to do other steps. Can you talk a little bit about what um, the public might expect as we move forward? So
11: at this point, once the, uh, the vote gets certified for Measure O, we're working with the city attorney's office and our team to look at an implementation plan In coordination with this partnership agreement i I could bring something back for the council to hear about the implementation of it because at this point we're not ready to to speak on that
27: okay that's fair i think when we um get into the weeds on that i know there's the provision in measure o that most concerned me was the provision that allowed residents to file complaints about encampments and so i'm really interested to know how we might implement that what we think that will cost us um, in terms of budget just so we get a fair idea because i think some folks are going to see this headline and say okay, cool, Measure O is gonna happen um, and, and don't totally know what that means in terms of the other provisions of the measure. And I wanna make sure that we talk about that. Um, could you also, um, City Manager, sorry to put you on the spot like this so often, but um, could you explain some of the next steps on the housing plan that's outlined in this document and what the public could expect for that, I think within the next six months or so? Well,
11: and, and for us, the, the housing plan is the, uh, the housing um, proposal that we put together, this council's adopted already. This merely pulls the, uh, the county in, uh, in, into that mix and talking about the housing proposals and, and uh, what they have in the works on their side. This is just creates some parity. Now, if you're asking about what, uh, what the housing implementation looks like on our plan, I don't have a schedule on what that looks like yet, but that's gonna happen over the next 12, 18, 24 months, the, all the units that we identified in that action.
27: Okay. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Um, I know we're going to be talking a lot more about housing in the next year, so it doesn't need to be the end-all be-all, but again, I was getting questions about that, so I wanted to give you the chance to articulate clearly. Um, And City Attorney, Madam City Attorney, I um, had some folks ask me what the remedy is if a party breaks this agreement. Would you um, explain that a little bit? Because we're all saying it's legally binding, but what does that mean from an implementation perspective? Uh,
8: Sure, well, um, and I do have... Uh, Steve Agaki, and Bo Parkhurst in there, so um,
28: they can jump in here. I mean, first and foremost, if there's not an agreement in place, then Measure O um, ceases to be in effect. So that's the first thing. But more importantly, we
27: talked through how we have best wanted to address um, any potential. Uh, breaches, let's just say for for lack of a better term. And what we really want to do is be able to sit down, have the city manager and the chief executive officer sit down and talk it through because that's really the best way to cure it and figure out, okay, how do we address it so we can fix it and keep moving forward. So that's how it would be addressed. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I think these will keep coming up. And um, I did have one final super specific question for you, Howard, just because um, when I finally sat down to read the detailed document that's in the staff report, I noticed that the director of community response was one of the listed parties for the city side. Are we planning on hiring for that position? Um,
11: we are. So we have, we will have a, uh, a recruitment process and uh, the department of community response is probably going to look a little bit differently going forward, uh, given uh, the, the intent of the department when we first created it. Uh, we're going to leverage the, the rest of the organization to include uh, police, fire code and any uh, and planning through CDD to figure out how we can spread out those duties so that we're not having, uh, you know, uh, the smaller teams that are less effective. So yeah, it's going to come back in some way, shape or form. We're, we're taking our time to make sure that uh, we uh, reconstitute DCR in the right way to help implement not only this partnership agreement, but med- uh, measure O as well.
27: Okay. So I guess um, for members of the public that are like, what about this? What about that? And who've been sending emails? And I know we've all gotten those messages. I hope the message here is that we're going to keep talking about the details. As Councilmember Chenier said, this is not... this is not the first step because there's been many steps taken and this is very very far from the last step Um, but it is a step um, and want to recognize the importance of the step that is being taken and i do plan to support this with the intentionality around this process and bringing people to the table and really working in 2023 to make sure our steps forward are, are really clear and that people know what to expect and we're communicating that to the public Um, but to the last public comment, I just wanted to add a quick little saying here and say that, you know, I had a very long period of time between when I got elected in March 2020 and when I was sworn in in December. Um, And as the pandemic set in, there were decisions after decision after decision being made on this dais that directly impacted my district and what I saw as my role that I would come into. So I called into public comments. I organized letters. I engaged with my colleagues, but I also don't think it's reasonable for us to expect that we're going to put the business on this of the city on hold um, while we wait for new members to come in. too important, the timing is too important, we've waited too long, and there's too much that needs to be moved forward, and the city needs to keep running um, and moving forward and doing the business of our day until our new colleagues join, which we're all excited to welcome next week and can put their stamp on this process as it moves forward. So with that, Mayor, I'm happy to say that I will be supporting this item tonight and looking forward to all of the work that lies ahead um, in 2023 and beyond. Thank you. Thank you.
29: Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just wanted to take this time to uh, give uh, my thanks to all the folks that made this happen. First, uh, to our city manager, Chan, Mayor Steinberg, I know you were really critical uh, in this effort to ensure that this MOU uh, is close to being finalized. Mayor Pro Tem Guerra, thank you so much for your leadership as well, Um, and all my colleagues that worked really hard just to get us to this moment. Um, I also wanna give a shout out to all of the care holders and community activists. for keeping the pressure on. I think a big part of this, um, uh, this point where we're at is because you kept the pressure on to ensure that the city and the county meets to make sure that this happens. Um, it did take some time to get to this point And um, I do again, really just wanna thank the mayor because he's actually have been steadfast on this issue um, and really ensuring that we do everything we can to address um, homelessness in the, in the city of Sacramento. And I would say mayor, oftentimes you have taken the heat the the brunt of the heat uh, on this issue and so really just want to thank you for your years of leadership uh, on addressing addressing this issue Uh, i'm really hopeful uh, that this really marks the beginning of uh, our partnership and our collaboration with our county Um, as many of you know they provide the health and human services piece of the uh, of really of the big picture and so really thrilled that they are now officially at the table with us um, and I do too uh, look forward to supporting this MOU. Um, I do have a request though. I know a lot of work was put into this MOU. I'm not making any amendments to it. I'm gonna, <laughs> the city manager's looking at me like don't make any amendments. So I'm gonna uh, support it as is. Um, but I, I do have a request um, that um, in addition to this, uh, the this, this six months, I actually would like a report back in three months on the status. And I say this because I believe in the language, um, within 60 days, once we finalize this, um, it says that we're gonna begin to fully integrate our emergency shelter beds into coordinated access systems. Um, And I know that there's gonna be even lessons learned within the three months. And I think for us, while in the MOU, we're gonna come back in six months, um, whether it's a briefing to me, so I could let my constituent know in District 8, i would like actually a three-month update of just the progress right what are the lessons learned thus far because i think we owe it six months um we'll come i mean seems a little far out but i know there are folks calling our office wanting to know updates and i think even a one-pager high level three months here's where we're at here are some high level lessons learned i think would be really helpful for me so that i can articulate that to um, my constituents in my district to let them know our progress and that we are moving this MOU along. And so that's the only request that I have. It's not an amendment to this, but it's just really a direction that um, that I want a three-month update of the progress.
11: And that's doable. And, and we plan to provide updates as we go along okay. here. And there will be actions that will likely come to this council for consideration uh, okay. as part of this. So it can happen in that context, too, or some combination thereof.
0: Okay. Sites we're hitting, and what uh, internet-based tool you're going to use to inform the public about where the teams are
6: are working at any given time. Yeah, thank you, Mayor, and I have in, in the audience here uh, our uh, community services manager um, Ben Worrell, who has been working very closely with county staff, his counterparts at the county as well, even before you know several several months now while we while were under discussion piloting uh, city and county joint teams going out there so we have good data on, on what that looks like and we have we are working meeting with them on a regular weekly basis to hammer out uh, number one the city is going to identify the locations at which uh, the teams the joint city teams are going to be going out weekly meetings to make sure that we're on the same page addressing that uh, assembling the teams uh, with each other sites have already been identified um, like I said, even while we were under conversations, a pilot project was underway and we're gonna to continue to do that. Two teams um, definitely are gonna be starting immediately um, as of tomorrow, really. Um, they're gonna be going out and we've identified identified some top six, at least six or seven sites that we've already identified. And are those on the,
0: on the World Wide Web, so to speak? Uh, uh,
6: we, we will be, yeah. yes, we will be able to publish that. Um, we will be able to p- publish that on our, on our internet site. Okay, so.
0: thank you. I think that's important, get that out there in the most. Yeah visible transparent way possible every single time absolutely
2: where they're working okay good thanks go ahead uh, councilman engineer yeah really quickly mayor i, I, I omitted uh, on my thanks um the business community at the chamber and region business i think public accountability is always one of the strongest forms of accountability having them sitting in the room with us and actually taking part in the conversation was really important and i hope you all will uh, continue to keep them informed i think. Again, collaboration and collective activity on this one is incredibly important. Yeah, I thanked them both at the press conference and today because right, everybody played a role and they played a
0: very important role. So thank you. Council member Lallowy. Thank you very
12: much, Mr. Mayor. Um, kind of following up what uh, my colleagues has alluded to. Um, really, I want to thank um, our city manager, uh, Mr. Chan, for making that commitment and working very hard with your counterpart at the county side to work on this agreement and all the staff that were involved in this and of course mr mayor um as indicated you know the ball was brought up to the 10-yard line and then you made the call and i guess you wanted the ball and you said clear it out i'm going to go through it and you did <laughs> so congratulations um I, I i do have some questions at at, at city level um, The sites that are being chosen, I'm assuming that the council members that represent those districts are notified uh, way in advance so we can have uh, a good uh, conversation about it. Um,
11: Absolutely. So uh, uh, Mario's gonna talk a little bit about prioritization. Uh, In addition to posting the sites that we're looking at, the kind of the top sites that we're working on, yeah, we'll also be publishing the criteria that, that raises certain sites to say a level one versus a level two and, and the timeline that, uh, uh, that we're gonna be approaching those sites in, in conjunction with the county uh, to do the outreach. I mean, for instance, we have top six, I think now, over the next 30 or 60 days, we're gonna be working with the county to do the intensive outreach that the mayor described earlier. But absolutely, all the council members whose district uh, they, they're in, they will be notified. But the public will be notified as well.
12: So I guess my question is, if the, the council members can be notified in advance to make sure that they're not finding out about it either on, on Facebook or on the World Wide Web, the council
11: members will know far in advance okay. of that. <laughs> I promise.
0: World Wide Web is a joke, by the way. Just to uh, anyone doesn't, and, think um, I'm a, mo- a modern guy here okay i want to make one i i also want to thank
12: um i also really want to thank the business community uh for really getting us um uh together to make this happen uh without you there is no sacramento so i really appreciate it and i also want to extend my thank you to um supervisor desmond and kennedy for being there and rolling up their sleeves trying to put this together so thank you very much mr mayor
0: very very good i'm at lat the privilege for one brief last comment, um, because, uh, um, Venezuela and others mentioned, right? The 200 beds and that we need to do so much more. Absolutely. Right. I would say the 200 beds call it 600 cause it's actually 400 that they're committing to in or outside the County plus 200 in the city is a floor, not a ceiling. It's a floor. And I appreciate you acknowledging cause you did, you really pointed out that the whatever it takes language means, that together we're going to have to create more we're going to have to find alternatives for people that maybe include existing vacancies in apartments and or uh, temporary housing uh, facilities of all kind whatever it takes that's the key to this the outreach and that whatever it takes because imagine a world this is what i was going to finally say imagine a world imagine a state where it's a mandatory duty of government to actually intervene with people on the streets and to serve them. That's, what's been lacking in my view, not bad faith, not lack of compassion, but the fact that, excuse me, excuse me, but it is, it, it is not a mandatory duty of society through its governments to actually be out on the streets and serve people. We do, there's a lot of great effort, both on the city and county side, but this is gonna require us to act. That's got to make a difference. You know, people, we, we, we take for granted just how, um, how obvious it is, but you know, the law says that children have a right to a mandatory public education. And thus we build public schools without even thinking twice about it to meet the need. That's not true of housing. It's not true of mental health care. It's an option of society. And what we're trying to create here is a standard and a model that says, no, it's a mandatory duty. And this will be a statewide model because nobody else has done this voluntarily. And it's all about follow through. And so let's follow through in the same way we all collectively brought this together and our community will be happy and uh, people will be helped in the way that they, they need and deserve. Thank you so much. Um, it's been moved and seconded. Let's call uh, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Oppose. Abstain, that passes. Congratulations.
9: <laughs>
0: Appreciate everybody. Okay, let's go back now. I I think time-wise, we do have a closed session at 4, although, uh, Madam City Attorney, what's the minimum amount of time (laughs) you are going to need Uh, for an important closed session? 40 minutes? 40 minutes. So that gives us, um, you know, enough time. Let's go to item number 23, which is the Youth Advisory Liaison of the Sacramento City Council. Uh, I do think that the climate issues probably are going to be continued. And I apologize to Ms. Venom and the entire team and and Todd Chiavo and others are out there. I apologize. We we will try next Tuesday uh, at the 2 p.m. meeting to make that the first item of business. Okay. Sorry. Okay, (laughs) let's start. Who's presenting on the youth advisory liaison? Council Council member Vang.
29: Thank you, mayor. Um, I will be opening this item up. um, And so thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, First, I just wanna say thank you so much, uh, colleagues. It is the first meeting of December. Um, We got one more to go next week. Um, I just want to share, you know, this item is incredibly important to me and many of our young people in the city. Um, I first just want to say, you know, our city have come a really long way to ensure that we center our young people. Uh, This item that we're going to discuss today is really to ensure that we stay the course, to ensure that our youth are truly part of the critical discussion that's happening right now uh, in our chambers. Earlier this year, Councilmember Shanier and I uh, requested that we put forth a resolution to have a youth liaison to co-govern with us on this dais. At the time when we advocated for this, I just wanted to put on record that this was independent of whether Measure L would pass or not. Um, I also wanna add that over the years, um, this, has won, this has been one important issue uh, that our youth uh, have demanded of us, of adults, to literally have a seat at the table, not just, not just on our youth commission or our boards, but really to sit alongside our elected officials on the dais. Um, as a resolution stand, uh, this seat is only an advisory role. Uh, it is a non voting member, um, and this resolution will also be historical uh, and our first step to ensure that we uplift the young people in this city through our programs and our policy. I do wanna acknowledge that, again, the city has moved on really important milestones to ensure that we center our young people. In 2017, there was a citywide youth development plan approved by this council, which includes a core value of nothing about us without us. And then in 2019, our youth commission was chartered. In 2020, uh, our city council and youth commission held their first joint meeting. I was not on the council then, but that did happen. Um, and then in 2021, um, there were youth designated seats, uh, that were created on three adult led city commissions. And then today we are taking up this item, having a young person be a liaison to the city council. I also want to share that in other jurisdictions, not as a city, because we will be the first in the nation, but in jurisdiction where a young person can sit uh, at the table, I have found that oftentimes it is our young folks on the dais that were always the most articulate on the issues impacting their lives and their future. Having a young person on the dais will not only make our city better, but it will also make us as a governing body more effective. Uh, to ensure that we don't leave anyone behind especially our young people in the city who are usually never part of these conversation as when as one of our youth have always shared with us when she's speaking she says you know what young people make up 30 percent of our population but they truly make up 100 percent of our future i believe this is how we can directly engage young people and hold ourselves as adults accountable to discussions on this dais and lastly i just want to share that i believe that this is urgent. You know, the urgency of this issue is just as important as the MOU that was passed by this council. Um it will impact, for example, the MOU will impact how we govern the next four or five years because it's a binding contract. And uh, issues like this shouldn't be pushed to the side. Young people should be uh, centered. And that's the reason why I think it's so important that we take a vote on this tonight. And with that, um, I'm going to hand it over to Council Member to share a little bit about the proposal, which is in the staff report. Um, and I look forward to discussing with my colleagues on this very important item that will be historical uh, for our city and for our young people.
2: Thank, thank you, Council Member Bang. Um, what I'm going to do is talk a little bit through what the initiative does. Uh, do we have that ready, Mindy? No, okay. Um, and and I do want to I do want to reiterate something that Councilmember Vang said. This was originally put on the log of the council in July. Um, we have been working through it. We have been working uh, quite a bit with uh, Ms. Alcala Woods. Staff, Kurt, thank you very much for all your work on this. We appreciate it. Which one do I? Okay. And um, and talking to folks, particularly in the community, this council passed something on our consent calendar a while ago, which sent this to the Youth Commission to discuss. They did that last night. It was an incredibly thoughtful conversation. Um, Once I'm done, and I just have about five or six slides, uh, we're going to turn it over to Mm -hmm. Commissioner Galvez. Velvez of the Youth Commission to talk about what they came up with as a recommendation. Then I hope Mr. Mayor going to have public comment and then coming back to the council. So the term of this uh, is two years. It is a non-voting pos- position. So I want to be very clear about this. This is, when we talk about council seats, uh, this is a chair on the council rather than a seat on the council, if I can make that distinction. The this, person,
29: this chair right here.
2: Th- that chair, Member Vang, will be mentoring this person. Um, but it is a non-voting position. So what we want to do, which does not require a city charter change, is have uh, that voice engaged in the discussions. because there's nothing that we do here, I think, that doesn't affect the future of youth in this city. Um, The only thing they will not engage in are closed session items, so personnel, real estate, things like that. Uh, They will have attendance at all city council meetings, except closed session, as I just said, and except for quasi-judicial proceedings, which I'm very familiar with. Um, They'll be seated with the council members on the dais. Uh, They'll receive all the materials at the same time that they're presented to to council and invited to staff briefings offered to other council members. Uh, We want to make sure that they're compensated. We think this will be probably 9 to 13 hours a week of work for someone uh, wanting to do this. And so uh, time and trainings, meeting preparation, meeting attendance, uh, mileage and amount of, but the amount of the stipend would be determined by the city staff. So we don't want to get into those details at this point, but we want to take a look at what they're doing, how they're spending their time. Uh, As someone said, one of the youth commissioners last night said, this is like a part time job, and, and we think it is. On eligibility, uh, citizen of the United States, resident of California, registered voter, and city resident of not less than 30 days. Uh, This says, and we want to amend this here at the dais, between the ages of 18 to 24, the the commissioners on the youth commission very much thought that it should go back to 16. So we want to make that change and have it go from 16 to 24 at the time of the swearing in. Uh, Participation in one or more of the following. So what we want to do is make sure that someone who is uh, in this position has participated and engaged with the city over time. They could have been in a youth leadership program by the City of Sacramento, uh, County of Sacramento, Joint Powers Authority within the County of Sacramento. So that could be like SACOG's Leadership Academy, Um, youth leadership skill building programs, attendance and public comment at a minimum of three Sacramento Youth Commission and three city council meetings within the last 12 months. So we wanna make sure that the the young person who is coming to take the seat or this chair really has been doing something within the city and participating in those types of efforts. Selection process, Uh, we want to leave this also to be determined by the city manager. Uh, There are processes that are similar to the city commissioners. We we believe and we heard very loud and clear last night from the youth commission that they want to be involved in this process. In an earlier iteration of this, as an example, what we thought is uh, young people could sign up, the Youth Commission could vet and get uh, up to five nominees that they would present to pp and who would then make the final decision. So it's the council making the, final, the council or the representatives making the final decision on this. Um, and then what we w- want to do is um, provide some direction as we go um, that the, if this passes today. The clerk, the city attorney, the city manager, and the Sacramento Youth Commission work together to develop an implementation timeline uh, and bring that back to the council by the end of February. So that really are the the pieces of the puzzle here. Um, And I want to turn it over to Commissioner Galvez to talk about um, the recommendations of the Youth Commission.
0: Commissioner Galvez?
1: Hi,
30: everyone. Uh, My name is Commissioner Erica Galvez. I am from District 2, and I'm also the representative of the Sacramento Youth Commission. Unfortunately, the rest of the commissioners were in school, and we are also in final season. So it's a very difficult time for us to be adjusting our hours and participating in meetings like this. But thank you for having me here, and thank you for considering this agenda item. I'm here to report on our discussion from last night's business meeting at the Sacramento Youth Commission. Based on the proposal all members in attendance unanimously agreed to support and move forward with the implementation of the advisory liaison seat to the city council we find that this position will address the lack of representation on city matters and allow for youth to be taken seriously as capable and rational in our engagement with policy making as the statement stands we want to emphasize this position as an avenue of representation for youth and an opportunity to engage with the youth commission as well we did have some recommendations which Um, Councilmember Chenier has been kind enough to mention before that we think will strengthen the proposal. We understand that there are city codes and legal limitations to consider, but we would still prefer to see the age range of the position really represent youth, potentially expanding to 16 years of age, up to 24 at the time of appointment. We would also like this position to to present to the youth commission more than the once a year minimum in the language. We hope that the appointee will engage with the Youth Commission as much as possible to build a stronger bridge of communication between City Council and the current Youth Commission. We would also like to ensure that the Youth Commission stays involved in the process moving forward and that we can be of assistance and we can be also advising you and this liaison moving forward. We also want to underline that the purpose of this position will carry the focus on youth, youth matters, and youth involvement. And that partisan identity will not overshadow the intention to keep youth at the discussion table we hope to see with the implementation of a youth advisory liaison more direct representation of youth and our concerns directly into city matters while the sacramento youth commission agrees that this position is necessary and a positive step into a more inclusive future we want to acknowledge the limitations of this position while not letting them overshadow the benefits of this change and we want to hope that this will be the first of many other involvements and inclusions that we are excited to be seeing action supporting youth um, civic engagement we hope city council concurs with our agreement and that our recommendations are considered thank you and i'm available for questions and um, further discussion on this agenda item
2: so mayor as you go to public comment um i would like to move the item and with the change of uh, age to 16 to 24. May I just ask as you,
0: in that motion, just having talked to the city attorney that um, it be subject to get the continued research of the city attorney on the issue of, sure. of, sure. Uh,
2: of age. Of age, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay,
29: and I would second that motion okay. with the direction that the clerk, city attorney, city manager, and our Sacramento Youth Commission uh, work together to develop that implementation, implementation timeline that will be presented to City Council for review no later than the end of February two thousand and twenty-three. So, just the scope and, and just the timeline. I
0: want to report
29: back. Yeah, yeah we'll report back on, February, on timeline. end of yeah.
0: February
29: two
0: thousand and twenty-three. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's hear from members of the public, please.
1: So, Mayor, I have uh, nine hands raised in Zoom. The first was, is Anna Tocolo.
0: Anna.
31: Anna. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mayor Steinberg and members of the council. My name is Anna Tocolo, Director of Youth Programs at the Alliance for Education Solutions. And I'm also here as a representative of the Sacramento Kids First Coalition, the largest Northern California coalition of youth serving organizations with a little over 2,000 members and the main driver of the Measure L campaign. I'm here to call in solidarity with this movement to create a youth liaison position, believing that this would allow for representation of youth voice at the table, both literally and figuratively. And as council member Vang stated, although youth are only about 30% of the population today, they're 100% of our future and they deserve a seat at that table. Personally, I believe in giving young folks the opportunity to speak truth to power, and I think it's important to do so by being more directly involved at the city council level. Growing up here in Sacramento, I've had the privilege of being involved with a program called Youth at City Council, and at the age of 16, I remember as a young person attending council chambers and council meetings every single Tuesday, feeling like my voice as a young person was excluded from the decision-making process and not represented well at all. Personally, I also believe that having a youth perspective represented at the dais would have made me feel a lot more connected to my city and feel as though my voice was not only represented but also heard at the city council level. Having young people feel heard and represented well at the city council level is my ultimate hope for this resolution and for all youth across Sacramento. We hope that you all can agree and support this resolution unanimously and give an opportunity to young people to voice all of that that they need to voice at all while being a trailblazing city for many cities in the nation to follow. Thank you, hashtag nothing about us without
1: us. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Emiliano Rosas, then Aaron Reynolds.
32: Good afternoon, Mayor Steinberg, city council members, city staff and distinguished guests. My name is Emiliano Rosas and I'm the project coordinator for the Youth and Family Collective, an initiative by Pro-Youth and Families. I also have the pleasure of sitting right next to my, my, um, my good friend, Ana, as being a representative of SAC Kids First, um, and I'm calling in support of the Youth Advisory uh, Liaison to the Sacramento City Council. Your vote today will make a better tomorrow by allowing our youth to have a seat at the table where decisions are made. I strongly urge your yes vote. Let's make history today. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for your comments. Aaron Reynolds then Catherine Mua.
27: Hi, my name is Aaron Reynolds and I'm with Dampers Here Youth and Families and I'm really excited for the opportunity to provide a public comment today for the youth advisory liaison position to the Sacramento City Council. Um, I think as those who spoke previous have shared, this is a phenomenal opportunity for the city to advance equity in the youth voice and incorporating that into the decision-making. Youth are our future and that voice is critical in moving the city forward and providing more opportunities. So I'd like to encourage you to vote yes on this. Thank you. Next,
1: Next speaker is Catherine Mua.
33: Um, good afternoon to the mayor and the city council members. My name is Catherine. I'm a youth with Hmong Innovating Politics, also known as HIP and reside in District 2. As a youth, I'm in strong support of a youth liaison to the Sacramento City Council. Simply put, we cannot be having a conversation about what affects youth without youth. Youth deserve to have a say on matters that affect them. The advice of youth is what the City Council needs, considering their decisions will have effect on youth directly. Having a youth liaison lets the City Council know exactly what the youth of Sacramento needs and gives them a direct line of communication with our youth. Youth are more than capable of communicating with the City Council and should be this oppor- given this opportunity. I would also like to remind the Council that no one knows the youth better than the youth themselves. I highly encourage my own City Council member, Council Member Laloie, as well as all City Council members to vote in favor for youth liaison. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comment, Isaac Gonzalez. Isaac Good
19: afternoon, good afternoon, Mayor City Council. Um, I just I'm calling in today, uh, because I'm the president of the neighborhood association in Tahoe Park. I was out there a few weeks ago with some great youth who took part in our stormwater prevention program over the summer. We actually uplifted the leader of that group to our board on our neighborhood association, so now we have a youth board member on on our neighborhood association for the first time in our 30 year history. Honestly, we were emulating the school district when we did that, so kudos to you council members who were former school board members and you had your student um, participants on your board as well so I can't be more enthusiastically in support of this idea here it's a historic day for our city we're putting our intentions um, where our our actions are by putting our youth here giving them a real voice Uh, there's a couple items within the minutia of the um, of the actual um, item that I I think needs some fine tuning but I'm sure that can happen between now and February 2023 and I am totally certain that within due time, you will find that uh, one of your youth representatives on the council will come from Tahoe Park, will come from our neighborhood association, uh, because that's where future leaders come from. Thank you so much. Bye bye.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Edwoa Ekanu. Hi,
34: yes, thank you, um, the mayor and city council. My name is Ajua achianu and i'm speaking on behalf of youth forward a youth policy um, advocacy group here in sacramento and i would like to say that young people in sacramento are directly affected by the issues that are debated at council meetings including gun violence homelessness as we discussed earlier today neighborhood development and more the addition of a young adult to the city council would bring a much needed and consistent youth voice and perspective to these policy debates. In Sacramento, we're at our best when we prioritize multi, when we take a multi-generational approach to problem solving and civic leadership. Ageism is a widespread bias in our society that limits our ability to tap into the leadership of all contributing members of society. As we have seen with The Parkland Florida um, efforts led by young people, as well as young people around the world leading issues on climate change. Youth have a voice and deserve to be heard. In our organization, we believe in prioritizing youth voice and youth leadership. And we believe that a youth liaison position to the council would be a very meaningful step in the right direction and urge the mayor and city council members to move forward on this. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for your comments next speaker is drusella and miranda then duke cooney
35: good afternoon mayor and city council my name is drusella miranda and i live in district four i am a program specialist in youth development specifically charged with the youth commission in yolo county um, i'm also a fellow in the transatlantic exchange of civic educators and also a proud member of the sack kids first coalition uh, i did want to share that very much being in this work with youth, with civic engagement and democracy. This is a conversation happening across many cities, across our nation and as well as abroad. Um, so in general, um, I would like to you know, voice my support that this is the direction that our democracy is going to need anyways, um, is going to happen regardless if we vote yes or no on it today, which I hope you will vote yes on it today. Um, The thing is, I don't really talk about the future and the youth in the way that most people say where the youth are our future because the youth exist right now and tomorrow is built on today. And so being able to give a seat on council for a young person is definitely, as everyone has said, a step in the right direction. And hopefully it's just a great starting point um, because democracy is an ongoing action and as Desmond Tutu says, there's a, there comes a point where we need to stop pulling people out of the river and we need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in the first place. And I truly believe that by having this youth liaison, we're going to be able to get incredible insight on how to build a more inclusive table for a stronger democracy. Thank you. Thank you for your
1: comments. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Duke Cooney, then Joe Flores.
26: Good
32: afternoon, Mayor Steinberg and council members. My name is Duke Cooney, resident of District 8, represented by Councilmember Mai Vang. I also serve as a commissioner on the Measure U Community Advisory Board. I'm calling in strong support of creating this youth liaison position through my work as a program manager with the All Children Thrive Campaign, an initiative focused on combating childhood trauma through community-led public policy reform, I work with high school-age students to discuss the challenges facing their communities, develop strategies for addressing it, and then work with their local governments to implement changes. And let me just say, I am consistently blown away at the high level of mature, thoughtful conversation and solutions that are offered by the youth. I also have also had the privilege of presenting to our very own youth commission, intellect, and creativity to be decision-makers when you give the opportunity to to the table, magic happens, a new level of understanding and commitment to community wellness. I hope you are supporting this important role and give youth a greater voice in local decision-making. Help us make history, and I think a unanimous vote today would really solidify this council's commitment to uplifting youth in Sacramento.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Joe Flores, then Heather Fargo. Joe Flores, if you'll unmute.
36: Good afternoon City Council. My name is Joe Flores. I am a Parks and Community Enrichment Commissioner for District 5 and I have the pleasure of serving on a city commission that has incorporated a youth seat with Commissioner McCarcheck. and I can honestly say it has been nothing but a value add to have that youth voice in our commission this past year. Uh, with the makeup and the composition of the UC on our commission, he has full powers of the commissioner. So he's asking staff questions, asking our presenters questions, and making votes accordingly through his purview, through his eyes. And then because it's the Parks Commission, he's out there with us, other commissioners, putting in his sweat equity, putting in trees, and putting in uh, his time um, uh, uh, at city events in this past year. So I am, I am, I have no doubt that a youth chair on the city council uh, is a net positive for our city because I have seen it directly at the commission level. So I'm in support and urge you all to support as well. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Heather Fargo and then Tona Miranda is our final speaker.
28: Hello mayor and council members. Um, Congratulations. And thanks to um, all of your efforts. jay and jeff and let's see who am i forgetting um angelique who i'm not sure is there today but anyway thank you for all you've done um it's obvious that this uh issue is is of a big concern to a lot of people a lot of passionate folks have spoken today and i certainly acknowledge and respect that i do however uh disagree with the timing of this discussion uh just Last week, or just in the last month, I guess, we've elected three new council members, council women, um, young people who are going to be sitting on this council. And I think they deserve to weigh into this issue. Um, my suggestion rather than, and I don't want to say anything for or against this, um, it obviously has some, some pluses and minuses, but the, the issue that I am most concerned with is the fact that you are leaving out the future members of the council who are going to be starting next week. So to me, the timing is questionable and I really would like to see our future council members be able to be a part of this important discussion because this measure is so big. It changes the makeup of the city council, it changes the makeup of the dais and, uh, and you know people work very hard to get elected um, and the voters deserve some respect in this a- a- area as well. So my suggestion is to postpone this until you can have a more robust discussion uh, with the new council members uh, joining the council next week so thank you very much for listening to me good luck with this effort and um, hope to see you all soon bye thank you for your comments the
1: final speaker is tona miranda hello my name is tona miranda member here Del Paso Heights. My family has been here for over 50 years and I come from the Blackfoot and Yaqui Otomi tribal nations. I'm the tribal liaison here at Youth Ford and I'm calling in support for this position. Coming from Del Paso Heights and understanding the barriers that we face as youth and as just communities of color, I encourage for this to be passed because young people in Sacramento are directly affected by what's being discussed and what happens there in city council meetings And it's imperative that we have that youth voice and that youth consciousness present in every meeting. I encourage my city council representative Shalna Loli to vote yes and everyone else. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. Mayor. I have no more speakers on this item.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Madam clerk, let's hear from members of the city council council member Harris.
4: Thank you, mayor. I, I do have some pretty substantial comments on this, on this item. First, I'd like to explain why I think it is a completely egregious item to even consider, and second, to offer an alternative that I think would be more effective in elevating the voice of youth. The youth voice is very important, but it's not more important than the voice of seniors, of environmentalists, of people with disabilities, people from the labor community, people on the police review commission. If you change the con- the con. The, the, uh, if you, change, if you change the way we do the business at the dais with a, a non-elected individual who is basically a layperson, why would not everybody who represents a point of view on every one of our commissions, want? To, why would they not want to have a liaison at this dais? And to do so would be completely inappropriate and not even possible to affect everybody's voice must be elevated equally. So this is a move towards inequity, inequality. Everybody will want to see it at this dais. Everybody's voice is equally important to the youth voice. What we're doing wrong, you know, again, to to me, this debases representative democracy. We work hard to gain these seats. We are directly responsible to our constituents. They hold our feet to the fire when they want us to move on various issues, but that would not be so with the person who is a lay person, a non-voting person, sitting at the dais. This does not represent the will of the broader constituency at all. In fact, it hasn't even been floated by them. This stops just a millimeter short of needing a charter change, because this is a very substantial change to the way this, this council does business. And frankly, I think it is an affront to the members who have become elected, who are are directly responsible to their constituents that elected them, and they don't want their voice to be tampered with in this way. They really need to weigh in on this item. I think that that's a very important consideration. They are gonna be seated in just one week from today. There is no City Council business of great import. Well, maybe one issue, that will come before the council, but before they're seated. But this will fundamentally change the way we do business at this dais. So here's my better idea. If we want to elevate the voice of all people, what we need to do is empower our commissions. We already have a youth commission to give advice to the council. We have commissions to give us advice in many, many subject areas. The problem is that this council has always ignored the voice of our commissions. They get together, they do work. We hardly give them acknowledgement, in my opinion, and there's a better way forward. Our city clerk, Mindy Cuppy, is working feverishly to create uh, a scenario by which our commissions can be more empowered and have a more significant voice in all the issues that this council you know, uh, undertakes and, and votes on. There's a lots of ways to do that through an enhanced process to have them have input to our staff reports. What this council ought to do is change the way we deal with our commission so that everybody's voice is elevated, including that of the youth commission, but singling out one individual from one covi- commission is going to open a Pandora's box and everybody will want to be sitting up here creating basically mayhem. I, uh, I feel very strongly about this, obviously. I think this is absolutely the wrong policy decision to make. I believe it brings great inequality to all the people who serve on all of our commissions, and I'm going to uh, offer a substitute motion that this not be considered today, that it be considered after the new council members are seated in the next year, starting in the new year. You can take this up, but it will directly concern people, as Heather Fargo said, women, women who are young, who have a stake in this entire discussion. I think it's a better way forward.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Harris. Uh, Councilmember Vang.
29: Thank you mayor. Um, I just wanted to respond. Uh, first, I just want to share that this resolution is a starting point and it's not a staying point and there'll be plenty of feedback for input. Uh, this resolution in particular only elevates our young people's voice and it actually allows us, holds us accountable to actually have a direct conversation with a young person that would be sitting on the dais. I've shared this before. I think, I think, not just, I think I know and I believe, and I've heard from young people, I know that we will be a better governing body to ensure that we don't leave any young folks behind if we have someone sitting here with us. I'm going to remind folks that this is a non-voting member uh, um, and this is really an opportunity for us to hear directly i also want to call out that this doesn't take away from our youth commission it also doesn't take away any power from any of the electives that are sitting up here um, this is really about sharing the power that we have as elected officials um, i also want to say that i'm actually offended that Councilmember harris will call a young person a lay person um, because oftentimes i actually find that young people are actually leading the way and guiding us on how we should be finding solution uh, for our city. I'm actually, disappointed frankly that we would single out an item um, and to wait for a new council member when this entire council just voted on a very important historical MOU that have a huge impact on our city and how we will operate the next four and five years. No one called to complain about that uh, having a new council member uh, chime in on that and absolutely they should and I do believe that there'll be plenty of time to provide input for implementation. Um I also want to, you know, just propose a question, again, this doesn't take away from the Youth Commission, but how many council members have actually attended a Youth Commission to present on their projects and their initiative in the district? There's only been two of us. I'm just saying, Youth Commission started in 2019, and no direct, not all of us have been directly at the Youth Commission to have a direct conversation. And I think having a young person on the dais actually forces us to be cognizant of the decision that we're making that's gonna impact them. That's the reason why I believe that this is historical, this is incredibly important. If we really care about the future of our city, then we would not be afraid of a young person taking away our power, but we would elevate it, we would celebrate this moment. And um, I really hope that my colleagues will vote yes on this item that is historical and it's really about centering our young people. I also wanna say youth doesn't just occupy one identity, They occupy multiple identities, whether it's a young person of color, a young person with disabilities, a young person who's Native American. So a young person just doesn't occupy one identity. It's really about looking at the intersectionality of what they bring to the table. And I really hope and urge my colleagues to vote yes on this item.
0: Thank you. Councilmember Member I know I'm going to want to make a comment uh, to go back and forth. So maybe after Leloe and Geta, I will make my comment. Go ahead.
12: Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, <clears throat> council member Wang, I, I commend you on, on your commitment to youth and finding solutions, and obviously Council member Jay. Um, but there are other ways that we can do it. I think that's gonna be much, much more productive than create a seed. Yes, I do agree that we have three newly elected individuals that they should have a say so on this. Now you brought up the agreement. You know, our job as council members or to form policies and make policies that make our city better. You know, with, with the youth, um, I'm a big support. I'm a big, big believer in our, uh, in our youth, and I'm always there to support them and to empower them. But I think this, the direction that we're going with this, I cannot agree with that. If we really truly want to bring the youth involved, make the youth involved and get their feedback. i like to, um, give a substitute motion if if, if possible, and that is, right than creating a seat at a dais, allow every council member within their office to have a youth representative that can work as an intern to learn the basics of what is going there behind closed doors. Um, But as far as um, sitting here and just being elected by a handful of people, I just think that's sending a wrong message. To, to take this seat, as you know, uh, Council Member Vang, it takes a lot of work. I mean, our, our soon-to-be colleague, uh, Council Member um, um, Maple, talking to her, boy, I think she had to change a few shoes to get, to get this, that seat. So to be a sitting on the dais is not something that you hand out. You have to earn it. And I think the youth would be much, much more effective if we are on the the line of really getting the youth involved and getting them involved with the council offices rather than just bringing one youth, we don't know from what district, to take one seat to represent the rest of the youth. So um, with that said, unfortunately, out of respect for my new colleagues that are coming in, and the way this is written out, I cannot support this as of what we have on, on this. But, again, Council Member Vang, I truly appreciate what you're doing. I will support you in, in any ways. Uh, but as far as that seat goes, um, I think it's a little bit premature at this time. So thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Mayor
15: Pro Tem uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, first, I do want to thank Jay and Mai for their work on uh, on uh, coming up with ways to engage our youth, and also to recognize Councilmember Schneier's long history and commitment of youth engagement. And the the Steadfast focus on how do we how do we find different avenues of, of engagement, uh, and uh, and that's not lost on me. It's which is why I've supported Measure M, Measure G, Measure L. Uh, even this, uh, the concept of uh, of looking at uh, should we have a Department of Youth? In fact, I, I think that conversation is what we should have been having right now, is whether we should be having another department focused on that. Uh, but to uh, and and I'll, I also want to make clear that I I, I, uh, I disagree with comments that young people don't come up with constructive ideas that they don't come up with critical ideas. Um, in fact, the majority of my appointees are in their in their twenties or early twenties. Um, uh, for the commissions, so so to that point, anyone who who makes the argument that uh, there isn't value in young people, I, I disagree with that. Uh, but the question here is that it really is, is 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 does this governance change or the change in our government governance structure the most effective approach to accomplish our work or to get the best public policy outcome to add one particular seat on the dais by uh, again one particular seat of a person who would have to represent, what, uh, if it's a third of our people, what, 20,000 20, people or so, let's, uh, or more, um, that'd be appointed by four people. Uh, I I'd, I'd also find that uh, a, bit, a bit disingenuous. It'd be one point of view. The question also about you know, whether this is uh, not required because it doesn't require a charter change, Maybe it doesn't specifically, but the only people who are on this dais are those that are elected uh, by their neighbors, by their community, and the charter officers that are dictated in the charter. That's that's who's involved in this. So it doesn't, that, uh, you may be correct that it doesn't require charter change, but I do think it requires a charter discussion. If that is, uh, if that is a, an important position to be had, then then that should be had. So um, uh, again, I don't, I'm not convinced yet that that is the best governance approach. We have a governance approach that elects people based on uh, where they live by region and by geography. Um, and, uh, and so if there's a different governance approach, then we should have that, that, that conversation in full detail on how, how to uh, organize our, uh, our decision-making body. Nothing stops uh, you know the chair of the Youth Commission to presenting on every item during public comment, uh, if, if the Youth Commission Chair is not who, who represents a larger body that has representatives from across the city wanted to sit in our um, uh, staff briefings or participate in those, I think that's something that could be potentially workable. Uh, we do that. I know my planning commissioner sits with me when we do our uh, community development briefings and listens to planning staff and I, so that uh, they're informed. Uh, and uh, same thing with parks. Uh, I, I asked my parks commissioner to participate in those briefings as well. That's why we do have commissions and to give us points of view and different. And that's the governance structure that we have. So I, I'm not convinced yet that changing our government's governance structure changes that outcome. It means we, I do think uh, to some of the other points that we have to be much more effective with our uh, with our current, uh, uh, you know, other commissions and boards and put them to use because they give us a fuller, more perspective round of, of, uh, of support. Now, I'm prepared to vote no on this item, but um, if uh, the council wishes to continue this conversation for the new council, uh, then I'm, I'm willing to support the substitute motion. But at, at this point, uh, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm prepared to vo- vote no. But if there, if there are folks who believe that we should have that governance change conversation, then um, I could support that.
0: Thank you, Councilman Guetta. Um, I'd like to speak, if that's okay, and I'll turn it over to Councilman Zuelan Jennings.
4: Um, uh, Mayor, I punched up before they did.
0: Well, you've already spoken, if it's okay. I think I chairs the prerogative. I haven't spoken on the item yet. I'll make sure you get no, it. No, I meant
4: you put the others in front of me.
0: They just haven't had a chance to speak yet. W- whatever's fair, I'm not trying to disadvantage anybody. I just want to make sure everybody is heard. Whatever you choose, Jeff. If you. Thank you. Um, so first of all, I just, I guess I want to make a brief statement to the new members. I know one who's out there. Um, I can't wait till you get here and you just wait and see how much I personally as your mayor. And I think it's true of everyone up here are going to take your initiatives, your passion and your inspiration and do every darn thing I can and we can to help you get it done. I can't wait. Okay, and that's kind of the way I approach this, this job, uh, sitting in this center. I know the city manager disagrees or agrees, we, he feels the same way, right? We're, we're, we're about the people and about helping the members who represent the people at any given time, see their, their work through. So I just wanna say that. And then I wanna say, and I ask this rhetorically and respectfully, what are we really afraid of here I just want to identify what it is we' we're, we're afraid of because this is what this resolution is it's a statement of strong intent it's a statement of strong intent in terms of the next city council they're going to if this passes they will choose who this youth member is uh, how they will serve because the resolution is written in such a way that there are a lot of things to discuss about the degree and levels of engagement and participation. And so the council is going to be completely engaged, the next council in the actual implementation of this very, very strong statement of intent. I just want to say one thing about where I stand in terms of the the future appointment, if this passes, and I hope that it does. I hope that it's a 16 or a 17 year old, that's me. And I understand the, de- the definition of youth development, respect it completely because brains, the young brain is still forming even into adulthood. But I hope put 16 and 17 because I do understand the argument that an 18, 19, 20 year old can run for office. Yes, we do have young members coming onto the council. I think that's a good and great thing. But a 16 or 17 year old, oh my God, what a formative experience and what a perspective. I want to just, disagree with Council Member Harris's main premise here, at least as I heard it, understood it, and you'll have a chance to speak if I have misunderstood. You talk about, you know, opening a door, Pandora's box, forget what the term was, around, oh, now, every advocate from every different interest group is going to want their own seat on the dais, is the way that I heard it. Well, there is a marked difference between an adult, any adult, an environmental advocate, a business advocate, a labor advocate, all have valid, important points of view. That is markedly different than saying we are going to make a clear statement of values in our city that we are going to elevate young people to a non-voting role on this dais. you're focusing, all of you, those who are skeptical, frankly, on the negative or the worry or the unintended consequence or the Pandora's box. What about the power of saying that we really are going to listen weakly to a 16 or 17-year-old who's very, where our city is literally going to be in, in their hands before we know it? Why is that a bad thing? What are we, what do you, what are we really afraid of if this were the charter change, or this were you trying to get around the charter? We said, we're going to vote. Well then that would impact representational questions and democracy and all that. And I would be supportive in my heart, but probably not supportive, you know, in actuality, I'm so, but what are we, this is an advisory role. It's an advisory role. What's the harm in getting that advice on a regular basis? And, and please, as you vote, yes or no, recognize the positive value statement that voting yes would would say about our city. Thank yeah. you. Council member Harris or Valenzuela, whoever.
4: I'd like to go, go,
0: man. go, okay.
4: First, uh, Council Member Vang, you took umbrage at a word that I used. By layperson, I meant non-elected person. So I just want to clear that up. Second, to infer that I don't value the voice of youth is also completely incorrect. I feel that there's a better way to elevate the voice of youth and to hear it as a council. I also believe strongly that our constituency will not be happy with this change. I've certainly received a lot of feedback from my constituents you said, what are you about here? I hear your arguments about elevate, elevating the voice of youth. Again, I don't feel that that is more important than elevating the voice of many people who want the council to hear us and hear us a lot louder and a lot better. I believe strongly that empowering our commissions is the way to do that equitably, to create equality for all voices in this city. You know, we just disagree you think that the youth voice is that important that it needs to be singled out. I think it's a very important voice, but I don't think it should be singled out. I am afraid of the fact that many people then will want to have advisory seats at this dais. I know that that is not what the constituency you know, would value or wants. And, and to another point that Council Member Vang made about us not presenting to the Youth Commission, City Attorney, maybe you can bring to light why that has not happened, because we cannot present to those commissions because it's undue influence as an elected individual. That is how our council rules and procedures read. We cannot present to those commissions, Council Member Vang, and that is the reason I haven't been to the Youth Commission, and is the reason that none of us elected should have been to the Youth Commission. Uh, in fact, Jay Chenier brought that up last week. Uh, Mayor, I, you know, we just disagree you know, on, on the value of this, but I want to make it clear. I value the voice of youth. I hired a youth to work in my office when she was 22 years old, and she's become one of my most valued members of my staff. To say that we don't listen to youth or there are not alternative ways to listen to youth, I think is wrong, and our constituents do not want this to happen. And so my substitute motion stands.
0: Is there a second? There's not a second Councilmember,
4: what was your motion? You My motion is to not take action on this to, today, to allow the new council members to be seated next week and take this item up in the new year.
12: I move the motion.
0: Huh? You're seconding that motion? Okay, it. so there is a substitute motion. That's good. Thanks. Okay, council member Valenzuela, then Jennings engineer.
27: Thank you. Um, You know, I've talked often about my experience as a young person. I was really. always proud to have been raised by a Vietnam veteran who really believed that those who were impacted by policy should have a voice in policy and when I was 13 years old he brought me to my first room full of adults to say hey they're talking about kids in this room and there are no students in this room so you should come with me and, and I did and that started what has since become a 23 year history of me continuing to serve my community um, on and off paid salaries just in my spare time because that's how I was raised that's what I know and that's and that's who I am now because of that experience So I'm excited about the potential of this position and what it means for the young people in our city. And I think the conversation that we will have about whether or not this person is a member of the youth commission, how long they'd serve, how often it rotates so that other young people could get that experience as well. I think there's so much flexibility and openness built into this resolution, and I just want to appreciate that um, from Councilmember Shnier and Councilmember Vane. Because I'm sure, Jay, I mean, you're leaving, you probably have lots of ideas of how you'd like to see that work. So it's probably a little painful not to write it all in there in a great deal of detail. But um, you're leaving that space for us, and I want to appreciate that because I think that, that those details are going to really shift the dynamic of how this seat is going to work in in reality. And and I want to say that I don't think this is either or. I always. I bristle a little bit when I hear people say, we were doing this for them, so now you're not doing it for them. That has not been the position of this council. That has not been the most moves we've taken with regard to our commissions to try to codify, um, you know, their role and advising us on everything that happens here. I think for me, what's a little unique is that, you know, this is a huge significant portion of our population. I have the pleasure of working with youth and a lot of my work, um, really powerful, powerful advocacy that I've witnessed them do, spending way more time than we're asking for in this resolution for this position because they care and because this is what they do. This is what I did, at least when I was in high school. So I'm personally really excited about the opportunity and the discussion, and I want to appreciate our youth commissioner, who I think is still sitting on the Zoom um, from District 2, who took the time out of their day to represent the full commission and them discussing this last night because them affirming this for us is the question that I needed to answer. Having young people continue to say, this is something we find value in, this is something we think is missing, this is something we think will help. is something that we should listen to and if other communities come forward with ideas, I know I speak for myself and probably several others on this dais to say we're all ears. I would love to see more people who don't speak English come to these meetings. I'd love to see more continued, you know, just representation from all groups in our community and I don't think this takes away from those efforts and I think it might actually build a really cool model and conversation that we could translate into other spaces as well maybe our youth advisory member can help us do that so i'm proud to support this motion today and i want to thank councilmember Chenier and councilmember vang for bringing it forward thank you thank you
0: councilmember jennings
16: thank you thank you mayor um i could talk to you today about process i could talk to you about clarity or i could talk to you about goals um and I don't want to spend a lot of time on process or clarity. I want to spend time on goals. In order to elevate the voice of youth, we got to do a whole lot more than we're doing right now. Whether it be on the youth commission where they sit right now, where many of us don't have that kind of relationship that we should have with them, or whether it be on the city council where they can sit on the city council I'm very interested in setting up a youth on this council for success and giving them the training and the infrastructure and the support and my most valuable resource, my time. I'm interested in giving them that so that they can be successful and they can go from that person that barely says a word when they first get on the council to that person who gives valuable input and gives confidence to everybody who's sitting in the audience. That is a youth that wants to talk, but don't have the confidence because they haven't seen another youth talk. Mm
26: -hmm.
16: So I'm very much interested in setting up a best practice, a goal to set up a best practice right here in Sacramento so that other cities will see what it is that we're doing and maybe they will follow in our direction and do the same. We've seen this, those of us who served on the school board, we've seen it happen firsthand, and we were the ones that were at the school board when the first student member came and sat on the board. And we watched them evolve over time to becoming someone whose voice really mattered to us as we tried to set policy. I can see the same thing happening here, especially if all of us are committed to it, in giving that person the time that they need in order to grow and develop and become what it is we're asking them to do to be the voice of youth and elevate the voice of youth. So I am, I I have, I have questions about some of the things as far as process and clarity, but I know that can get taken care of in the plan that we're going to put together for implementation, the plan where we can clarify all those things and get that taken care of. I also know that the three newly elected council members, have the opportunity to be involved in that plan of implementation. So their voice will be heard at that point in time, even though it's not heard tonight, but their voice hasn't been heard about anything that we've done tonight or last meeting or the meeting before that. So at some point in time, we've got to move forward and do the business of the city. And that's what I'm about doing. It's doing the business of the city. And right now the business of the city says elevate the voice of youth, make them feel like this is the next job that they one day are going to take. And they're going to run this city because they got that experience as a youth liaison right here on the city council. Thank you, Mayor. I'll be supporting this motion.
0: Thank you. Last comment, Council Member and Vang. Uh,
2: go ahead. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, just a couple things I want to I say. And, and I appreciate all the viewpoints here, uh, even though I, I vehemently disagree with a few of them. So
36: uh,
2: we'll get to that. Um, And Councilmember Bang, Councilmember Jennings, and I have had experience on school board, on Sac City School Board, with a young person. And there is no question in my mind that that has always made the conversation better. And frankly, it's changed the conversation because you're dealing with someone who sees it and and touches it and feels it every single day. And it makes a difference in the way they're thinking about what they're doing and the influence that they have. So I I think that that's really important. you know, Councilmember Member Lalloy, I'm great. Uh, I'd love for you to have interns all the time. I've been here 12 years, I've had interns constantly from the Youth Commission and other folks uh, from, from Summer at City Hall, from the YLA at SACOG. They're great and they make a difference. And so there's nothing that stops anyone on this council from having interns. Uh, we don't need to, to change anything on that. Um, I don't think for, for with all respect, for Councilmember Garrett, we're not changing the governance structure. We're adding information. We're adding a voice to how we think about things and how we discuss things. There's no change in governance. Everybody still on this dais will still have one vote other than the youth advisor. That's why we made it a liaison position. And frankly, you all can take it for a year or two years and see how it's working. Um, I know from my experience in setting up our SACOG Youth Leadership Academy from Summer at City Hall, we had a lot of detractors when we started. Everything I've done around youth when, when they got started, people doubted that it would be work, that it would work or be beneficial. And at the end of the day, those same detractors are our biggest supporters at SACOG. Tom Stollard, for an example, thought it was the most ridiculous idea he'd ever seen. Um, I had to go raise the money for it to, to get it going, and now Tom thinks it's the best thing, same with, with uh, Corliss as well. So I think that it will work really well. Uh, I, I think it will influence the discussion in a positive way. Um, and and I don't want to underestimate young people. I mean, I know that we'll be successful when we're not surprised at how smart and articulate they are when they come here for summer at City Hall and present to this council. Um, so I, I'm excited about this. I want to appreciate. I can count to five here. Um, but let's call for the vote. Get right. It done. We, do, we do have... Substitute motion
0: first made by Councilmember Harris. Harris, second by Councilmember Lalouei. Please call the roll on the substitute motion to continue this item.
1: Thank you, Councilmember Lalouei. Aye. Councilmember Harris. Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela. No. Councilmember Shneier. No. Mayor Pro Tem Gatta.
2: Aye.
1: Councilmember Jennings. No. Councilmember Vang. No. And Mayor Steinberg. No.
0: The substitute motion fails on the main motion. Please call the roll.
1: Councilmember Lalouei. Councilmember Harris. No. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yes. Councilmember Chenier. Aye. Mayor Pro Tem Gatta. No. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Councilmember Vang.
29: Congratulations, young people! If you're watching this,
1: yes. Mayor Steinberg.
0: Yes. All right. It passes. Um, it passes five to three. Members, um, we have to get into closed session, um, and we are going to resume. Uh, we will probably be—I uh, would say five thirty. We are going to begin the evening session, um, and and that is mostly centered on um, thank yous uh, to the departing members, with one item of business, and then we can take uh, matters not on the agenda. Um, you know, at that meeting, if that's yeah. all right.
1: Actually, this is a special meeting, so you don't. Oh, have the,
0: it's on a me. special yeah. meeting. Okay, so uh, I, and I know Senator Ashby. Um, No stranger to City Hall is here, and so uh, you're not invited to close session, but uh, we will welcome you to the dais um, as soon as we get back about 530. All right, we are adjourned.